Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. All right, everyone, welcome back. Sorry about that. There's a storm in my area, so the internet went out, and I have a little storm warning here on my computer. If the internet goes out again, we're going to postpone until next week because we don't want to have to keep creating new events and have like five lives by the end of it. But by the grace of God, we're praying and believing we're going to stay on. So we were about to have Apostle Alexander Pagani intro himself, and we'll do intros, and then we'll jump right into it. Stay with us, guys. You got to reshare, though, okay? You got to re-like. You got to reshare. We lost the old broadcast, so do us a huge favor, re-like and reshare and we'll jump right into it. All right. Apostle Alexander Pagani, go for it, man. Intro yourself. God bless. This is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church Global here in the South Bronx, New York City. We've been pastoring for the last 19 years. We're overseeing nine churches, all called Amazing Church. I got into the ministry of deliverance by preaching against the ministry of deliverance. So out of the demon slayers, I was the pastor anti-deliverance until... The Lord Jesus appeared to me and told me that I needed to stop fighting against it, that I needed deliverance. So I received deliverance from myself. My family received it. My church received it. And then God said, I'm going to use you to preach this message of deliverance and minister to the pastors and leaders and bishops all over the world so that they can enter in and get set free as well. So in a nutshell, that's who I am and to God be the glory. Awesome. My name is Isaiah Saldivar, as you can see on the screen. I do. I travel about once a month. I do podcasting, internet stuff. 12 years ago, I was an atheist. I stepped foot into church and literally said this, I'll never step foot into church again. And boy, was I wrong. I'm in church like five times a week now. I got radically saved, started a revival in my living room. We had five to 600 people coming to my house. We moved to a building, then a third building. That went on for 10 years. I senior pastored that revival. And now I'm doing pretty much online. I preach at a local church I'm a part of, and I travel once or twice a month throughout the country, preaching revival, holiness, deliverance. And uh, one of the demon slayers, love what God is doing online. It's an incredible time to be alive. If you're out there listening, get off the sidelines and get on the front lines because now's the time for revival. That is who I am. Pastor Mike Signorelli, take it away. And what a great intro. What's up, everybody? Fun fact, I was born in the same hospital as David Wilkerson, Hammond, Indiana, and uh, also moved to New York City where I pastor an incredible multi-site national church called V1 Church. We started with 18 people. They were all former Hindus, atheists, agnostics, and uh, they accepted Christ. And we started a church, hit fastest growing church in America category four years in a row. Uh, and we are not seeker sensitive. <laughs> we we are just, uh, we're revivalists and we're trying to seek and save the lost. And I unintentionally started um, doing deliverance online during the pandemic. And just tens of thousands of people got free and we're keeping the train rolling. Uh, recently, I trained over 6,000 people in prophecy and deliverance and evangelism and uh, affectionately referred to them as the breakers. Uh, this year, I'm going to be heading out again, traveling all over the world, uh, just doing the work, fulfilling the Great Commission. Awesome. Awesome. Pastor Greg, go for it. I'm Pastor Greg Locke. I'm the lead pastor of Global Vision Bible Church, Mount Juliet, Tennessee, where all of these guys just were this past weekend. And I'm telling you, I am the most least likely preacher on the planet to Come be on. on this podcast with these men. And uh, God wrecked our world a year ago this month and sent deliverance to our church. We can't put it back in the box. A deliverance revival has broken out. 
and literally crawled itself across the world. And I never could have imagined 16 years ago when I named the church Global Vision that God would indeed give us a global-sized platform to be reaching the nations of all things with the message of Jesus and deliverance. And so it's just so powerful. So I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to know you guys, and I'm honored to see not just what the Lord has done, but what he's going to do this year. This is going to be the year of acceleration when the Holy Spirit blows our minds. Come on. Come on. I love it. Daniel Adams, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Daniel Adams. I'm the founder of the global movement, The Supernatural Life. We have three in-person churches under us, and um, we also have a hundred hubs globally, and we have thousands of members that are a part of what God is doing here. I'm an ex-cage fighter to Jesus freak, you know, so I've been doing this uh, full-time since 2013. I actually pastored from 2018 to about 20, the end of beginning of 2021, and the Lord actually, during the pandemic, told me to shut all that down and to go travel. And ever since I've done that, we see what is happening. God is moving. God is doing amazing things, deliverance, healing, whatever you need, miracles, signs and wonders, and most importantly, put people, putting people into their God-given calls uh, and destinies and getting people to operate in the supernatural. That is a big, big proponent of what we're doing here at the Supernatural Life. And I'm excited to be here amongst all these generals in the faith. It's an honor. You guys are awesome and uh, can't wait to see what God has in store. So awesome, man. We have, guys, tonight some heavy, heavy hitters for the kingdom. I love what God has been doing. Pastor Greg, we just all got back from Pastor Greg's church, Global Vision Bible Church, for New Year's, and we literally entered the New Year's casting out demons. We entered the New Year's with a bang, gave the devil a triple black eye. It was absolutely historic. We were all there. Um, there was cars miles and miles down the road. There was over 4,000 people, and then we just had to start, they just had to start turning people away. There was physically no way they could get more people there on the property. And that was after building three acres of extra parking. Pastor Greg, I know us demon slayers keep asking you to share the testimony of how you got involved with deliverance. If you guys don't know, Pastor Greg years ago was a cessationist with a capital C in all capital. Um, he's an ex-Baptist. God has saved him. God has delivered him from that. And he is just on fire. So Pastor Greg, would you just tell us some of the testimony of you guys have been in revival now for a year in deliverance. Maybe how that started, and then we'll talk about this last weekend, what God's been doing at your church. We've all been over there, and it's just been absolutely incredible. And then we're going to talk about some stuff in 2022, and we're all going to also talk about 2023, and then we'll answer some of your guys' deliverance questions. So, Pastor Greg, take your time. Maybe just tell us a year ago kind of where you guys were and how this whole deliverance revival started at the church. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Even a year ago, a lot of pastors, I tell them they would have took their right arm off to have what we had just before deliverance broke out. I mean, we were in full-blown revival. We were wow. baptizing thousands of people. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of visitors were showing up all the time. So it's not like we were looking for something extra. It's not like we were looking for a bigger crowd, but I knew there had to be more. We started operating in the gifts of the Spirit, and that was a huge leap for me. So for a couple of years, I was kind of learning behind the scenes, and my wife was so vital and instrumental in, in kind of bringing my heart along as the Holy Spirit, she could tell, was preparing me. You see, I had to unlearn seminary. She Come was on. saved out of a ditch after a 15-year pill addiction, and so she didn't have to unlearn religion. And so she saw it for what it was, but she was so very patient. She would say, I just read this in the Bible. You know, she'd say, I just read this in Mark chapter 16. What do you think about this? And I would be like super quiet but I knew what she was reading was the word because I'd been preaching it for a long, long time. I was just preaching around it. 
and I was afraid to just plow through the text and actually do what it said. So we were having revival, but to make a long story short, last August, so this past August would have been a full year, so August, a year and a half ago or so, we had a young lady manifest in our baptistry. And I'd never heard that word, right? I'd never heard anything about casting out demons in our very Baptistic, you know, evangelical church. We were very traditional in a lot of ways. We had moved into the contemporary realm. You know, I was preaching in blue jeans and, you know, we had screens and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we had changed from Baptist to Bible church a number of years ago. And, and you would have thought that I was preaching a false gospel just from what I came out of. And I know some of you have come out of very thick, heavy religious denominations. And so it was very difficult for me to make that transition. But through the years, we slowly but surely began to operate in the gifts. But when that young lady, she was eight years old, her name was Chloe. We, we know now because we have in the movie a, a section about her. I was baptizing her grandmother, who was actually holding her in her arms. And it was strange to me. I thought maybe I was getting a two-for-one deal, you know. But I went ahead and went with it because of our big live stream. I didn't want to embarrass them. But when I put the grandmother down in the water, the young lady literally manifested a cat, and she began to hiss and growl. She jumped up out of the baptistry and began to claw at my wife and I. And that was the moment that I knew I was facing something that I wasn't educated to face, mm. that I wasn't equipped to face. I knew it was in the Bible, and I knew, and I'd seen some of you guys' videos. I knew it was a reality, but I'm like, this is not a sham. This is happening before my very eyes, and I was ashamed because, and I always get emotional when I talk about it, no matter how many times I tell the story, I was ashamed because I pastored a big church and didn't have enough authority from the Lord to cast a demon out of an eight-year-old girl, and it wow. wrecked me. And so that night, my wife and I, we wept before the Lord, and we just cried and cried. And for two weeks, we studied, we prayed, we fasted, we cried. And then, lo and behold, here we are this past weekend, having one of the most historic deliverance weekends that we could ever imagine. So God is doing something in me because he began to do it in our church. He prepared the congregation before he even prepared my heart because I was afraid they would think I was a kook and they were all going to leave. And it's almost, well, there's no almost, it's exactly what happened. I got up and said, hey, I'm going to start preaching on deliverance from demons. And our people erupted like a volcano. And it was almost like they were saying, we've been waiting on this. We've been waiting on this. And so now people just walk into our tent. And the moment they walk in, it's almost like there's such a glorious anointing there that they just fall out and those demons just can't handle it. And so the alliances now that God is building with men like yourselves it's so exponentially unbelievable. I don't think people are ready in the church world for what's coming because deliverance is not going anywhere. It's just getting started. Come on. I think this last weekend was a testimony of that. It was a, we started the service at five, just for all you to know. And then it was at midnight, a lady brought up, it was like 1156 or something. A lady brought up a kid to me. She said, Hey, my 10 year old son has been addicted to pornography. He's been hitting my husband. He's been hitting me. I could tell this lady didn't like know a lot about like deliverance or what was going on. She was just like, Hey, I think my son might have something. So I started talking to the boy, sweetest little boy. I was like, Hey, do you need prayer for anything? Cause I don't immediately just start, Hey, you have a demon. We're going to pray for you. I like to talk to the children before we pray for them. So here's this 10 year old boy. My oldest daughter's eight. So I totally, you know, get it. And I said, Hey, do you need prayer for anything? He said, yeah, I get like really, really angry. Will you pray for me? And so I said, yeah. So I start praying for this little boy and he full on, this is like 1158, 1159 is hissing at me starts. What do you want from us get off of us and he's thrashing so i'm trying to hold him down another security guard's trying to hold him down here a 10 year old boy you know the kid's like 60 pounds and we're barely able to hold him down and he's slithering and as we we're praying for him my heart was just so broken 
at the fact of how many millions of young adults, teenagers, young people are out there in bondage thinking this is just how my life is going to be. Here you have a, a, a 10 year old boy that without deliverance, without the finger of God, the power of God available there in, the, in this tent, an opportunity for the parents to bring him to the altar, he's going to live his whole life with pornography addiction, anger, all the stuff he's going through at 10 years old. And we got to see him get delivered. You were on the mic. Hey, going into midnight, we were praising and praying. And I'm sitting on top of this 10 year old boy, like trying to pray and trying to get it out of him. And he got ended up getting fully delivered, but it's just a testimony to what God is doing. The thousands upon thousands of people that are being delivered. The Holy spirit has a chance to move. The Holy spirit has a chance to do deliverance. I think for so long, God has been looking for people and looking for a place to manifest his ministry. Guys, let's be clear. This is not our ministry. This is not our ministry of deliverance or our revival. This is what God is doing. This is what Jesus started in Mark chapter one. God is continuing to do it. And in Jesus name, I believe, and I just want to prophesy this, that 2023 will be the greatest year for the kingdom of God, that deliverance is going to be normalized and go mainstream in Jesus name, that the devil cannot stop what God is doing. I want someone to type that in the chat. The devil can't stop what God is doing. And and so I'm, I said this, the worst thing the devil's ever done is let that girl manifest at Pastor Greg's baptismal because, you know, yep. we're all very similar in personality. We go hard at whatever we do. We push hard at whatever. And now to see you on board with this, when I heard that Pastor Greg's doing deliverance, I'm like, it's unstoppable what God is doing. Uh, any of you guys want to jump in here or what you thought about this weekend? I was just in awe. I, I, I was in tears a lot. I was literally biting my tongue like the whole service because I, I was trying to stop myself from crying. But just seeing the hunger of people the desperation they're there for some of them were there for over 15 hours um it was just it's unbelievable to me i, I it's, it's honestly like i feel like there's no words to describe what god did but maybe one of you guys want to jump in and talk about what you thought about this last weekend i saw this weekend reminded me of the stories that i would read about the voice of healing revivals that happened in the 1940s through the 1960s under the tent with great evangelists like A.A. Allen and Jack Cole and all of these guys, Oral Roberts and all of them. What I saw this weekend was in that same category, but for a new generation. Come so on. about 30 years from now, they will be looking Come back on. at what happened yeah. this weekend and we'll be putting it and writing it and documenting it the same way that we read those stories of the 19, mm -hmm. the, the voice of healing revivals. This time it's going to be the voice of deliverance revivals. So we're, we're watching really. history in the making to God be the glory. So good. Yeah, I want to I want to second voice you on that, Apostle. Not only that, but you had done a post talking about, you know, how there's a lot of people who will say, oh, it's theatrics, you know, because there was a, a lot of demonstration of the power of God. And I've mm -hmm. come to realize over all these years of traveling and doing ministry that theatrics is a word that spiritually dead people use. Come on. Because you know, Mark chapter five, Jesus himself is casting a demon out and it is dramatic. I mean, and so the, here's the thing. It's just the ministry of Jesus. And for, for the people who are experiencing freedom, there is nothing theatrical about it. It may have been demonstrative. It may have been dramatic, but, you know, I just want to encourage people. There was a demonstration of the power of God that was so strong. I mean, it changed me forever to be under that tent. I, my mind keeps going back to the moment at the conclusion of that prophetic message I gave where so many people were just throwing drugs 
and e-cigarettes and cigarettes and prescription pill bottles. And I'm getting hit in every direction. And it was funny because people from my own team, they were like, Pastor Mike, you had us so worried because we were you were touching it. But it's like that woman brought that crack pipe up with the crack. And there was that moment where I held it up in front of thousands of people and just the whole place roared. And I think for so long, people have attended our churches across America with those things in their purses and their pockets, but it never got exposed. And so here's the thing about deliverance. People will say, oh, you guys are looking for demons. Yeah, we are, because every military is in camouflage because they want to remain hidden. And so the thing is, okay, pastor who doesn't want to believe that there's demons in in your people, well, ask them if you can check their pockets. Ask them if you can check their purses, because we also had hundreds of drug paraphernalia and e-cigarettes and cigarettes on the stage too. And so really what this movement is, it's whatever is hidden is now being revealed, but it takes bold ministers who will speak into it and say, come on, come out of hiding because the freedom is in the light. So good. Yeah. So good. Anything yeah, you want to I, add, Daniel, I, to this last weekend? Yeah, I just want to echo off of even what these two great men of God just said. Uh, you know, Hebrews eleven six drops into my spirit. The only way that God is pleased is by faith, you know? And it just as my preaching, I've been preaching a lot of places, Pastor Greg, I've been preaching a lot of places. And when I came to this revival, you know, even, even off of what we did in Atlanta to your, to your revival, I've seen an increase in hunger and the way the people are pulling, you know, we all have a grace on our life. And I watched the people individually pull on our graces in an amazing way. And they were, they were just tapping into the to the glory of God in such an amazing way. I mean, uh, there was stuff that happened after the preaching, yeah. after we were done. There was healings popping off. I mean, I saw that Pastor Mike posted about healings on side of the road, and you yeah. know, healings were just happening even in the prayer, the introduction lot, the what is the line we did after service when I was standing there talking to people. I mean, it is blowing my mind the types of miracles and healings and signs and wonders that are happening in this hour. So to go back to what Apostle Pagani has said about being in the time like the voice of healing, I actually am going to say it. We are in those times. I mean, I have no, there is no doubt. There's no double-mindedness in me. I know 100% without a shadow of a doubt, we are in one of the most epic times of church history that we have ever been in. So what I've seen, man, is I I think we're going to see creative miracle i mean it's going to happen we're it's only a matter of time before we see a eyeball pop in a socket or eardrum showing up or somebody maimed has their whole arm growing out i'm telling you it's going to happen by the glory by the grace of god i know it's so good and pastor greg even you were sharing on sunday how you guys have bought in i think four or five church buildings for other ministries yet you guys choose to meet under that tent there's something special about that tent and people Uh, don't know actually the first place god dwelled was not a temple, it was a tent. It was called the Tent of Meeting. And Moses would go in there with the presence of God and Moses would come out literally glowing in the dark. He would literally be shining with the glory of God. And that's one thing I've been seeing. People are coming under this tent. It's supernatural, it's unexplainable. And they're coming out glowing in the dark, going into Tennessee with a glow on them. And one thing I'm seeing, and I guess we could even talk about something, some stuff we saw in 2022, but I wanna touch on what I believe is coming to 2023 is deliverance coming to people's houses. I'm, and I'm sure you guys are hearing this as well. 
Families are getting deliverance. It's breaking out in living rooms. It's breaking out in marriages. I'm getting nonstop messages of people saying, yes. I was praying for my husband before bed and he started manifesting and I did what you guys taught and I started commanding the demon to leave. And hey, I was praying for my kid before school and they started manifesting and I would have never even had boldness to pray for them. But ever since I watched some of the videos, I went to the events, there's a supernatural boldness that God is releasing on the body of Christ and people are starting to step out, not wait for a man of God, not wait for a minister, but just realizing that they have the same spirit that raised Christ, that they can do the work. Pastor Greg, what is some stuff about these big events that are happening where four or 5,000 people are coming? What's happening in the tent that people don't see? We all see the highlights, the crowds, the right. masses, but what, is there some stuff going on here? Maybe people don't see that's going on behind the scenes that you'd want to share with the audience. I think from our vantage point, because of what I came out of, like even when we hosted the conference, you know, Daniel was the first to come and then, you know, Vlad was there and you came later the second one that we did we've had like three deliverance conferences now just in the short amount of time but what was beautiful about our church is so many pastors that admired me in my cessation days are now looking like Come on. we know this guy we know this guy preaches the bible line by line word by word we know that he's not lying there's no way he's making this up he doesn't care about the money he gives it all away for goodness sake and so something has to be legit about this and so the amount of pastors that we've been able to bring over to an understanding or at least a wanting to understand deliverance has been one of the most beautiful achievements of this entire year. Because so many Baptist churches are having me come now and I show up and I'm like, look folks, I know we got a big crowd here tonight. I'm not here to do deliverance because I'm not gonna disrespect the house. But by the time I get through preaching, it just breaks out and they don't make me stop it. And it just keeps going and going. And we're hearing testimonies literally every single day of these pastors that are in full-blown revival. I can tell you five men that I went to seminary with right now whose churches are growing exponentially because of the deliverance conference. They took it back. They took the manual. Not that it's some magical manual, but they just started using it, and people just started manifesting. People started getting saved. The baptismal water started getting stirred. They cleaned all the de uh, Christmas decorations out of the baptistry pool, you know, and things started happening. And I had one just text me yesterday, and he said, look, we went from 50 to 150 in the last couple of months because people are wow. showing up. I love what Derek Prince said. You get involved in deliverance, you'll never look for a crowd. They'll find you no matter where you're at. Come They'll on. find you in your living room. They will find you everywhere. And so what we're finding is that not only have we bought four or five church buildings, it's interesting. I bet this past year we bought eight or 10 tents for people because they love the tent idea. And so we've bought tents for people all over America and we're just watching it break out. We had deliverances under our tent today at a noon prayer meeting. It's like an everyday occurrence. And so you don't make that kind of stuff up. And so I'm at a point now, I preach Jesus, the gospel. I love it. I love people. I love the local church. But I literally eat, sleep, and breathe to see people set free by the grace of God and through the power of the name of Jesus. It's everything our ministry is. And every day of the week, we have more people that hang out on campus to, just on a regular day just to pray and worship and have delivered than we used to have on a Sunday morning. They're Come just walking on. around, just basking in the glory. You can't make that stuff up. And it's not a Greg Locke deal. It's not a Global Vision deal. It's a kingdom of God deal. And I give him all the glory. And I tell our church, the second we take any glory for what God's doing, he'll pick it up and take it somewhere else. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And I'm not smart enough to make any of this happen. I could never pull this stuff off. What God is doing is unbelievably amazing. And you guys are testimonies to that fact.
So good. And I think the beauty of deliverance is the only one that gets glory for it is God when it happens. Nobody sees a deliverance happen and go, oh, that must have been Daniel Adams or Alexander Pagani that did that. Everybody knows it's something supernatural. It's the power of God. Why don't we jump into a little bit, guys, because I want to talk a little bit about 2023 and, and 2022, but why don't we talk about this year? What stood out to you guys? Give me some lessons you learned in 2022. What did God say to you in 2022? And then we'll jump into maybe some stuff for 2023 that we're doing individually in our ministries, what we feel God is saying. Um, Anyone want to jump off with anything that comes to mind of 2022? I think for all of us, it was historic. It was the best year ever. And this 2023, I think, will be even better because we go from glory to glory to glory. But maybe just share some stuff that you guys learned in 2022 that you might want to let the audience know. Well, one of the first things that I I speak for myself was um, that the Lord kind of broke me out of the deliverance isolation that I was kind of living in, in the sense of just spearheading what we're doing in New York city in the Bronx and just kind of like what we were kind of doing in like the demon slayers podcast. It was beautiful to see God cross pollinate. Like we Mm. cross pollinated amongst each other. I got, we got a chance to connect with Daniel Adams, John Ramirez, as crazy as this sounds, John is in my city. His family attends my local church. John has only been to my church once. Our ministries don't allow us to like fellowship much in in my local church, but to be able to connect and not only that and see what all of you, what God is doing in your ministries and what you bring uh, to the forefront of whatever God has anointed you to do and then cross pollinate and then realize, man, and I could just be honest here, you know, Daniel, Daniel put the fight back in me. You know, when I saw Daniel moving and in the altar calls, I had to catch myself because I was like, man, because we could get caught up behind a computer screen and just stay online and do teaching and preaching and revelating. So when I got amongst Daniel, I was like, man, let me roll up my sleeve. Like, I'm not going to leave him. I'm not going to let him be in the fight by himself. And it's, <laughs> it, it stirred a fire in me. And I was like, wow, you know? So yeah, the, the, the whole idea of cross-pollination and being able to just uh, allow uh, the Lord to just loosen me up a little bit and say, you know what? Connect with others. You know, uh, you're not the only one out here, Elijah. You're not the only one in the cave. Ooh. I have a 7,000 other that Come have on. not bowed. Get to Together, and I realized, man, we could do a lot more damage when we are connected and we're all headed in the same direction. So for me, it was the cross-pollination and then breaking me out of this isolated mindset that, you know, where I was just in my own cave, just doing deliverance and helping people get set free. And I got stirred up to just get back into the fight and roll up my sleeves and just help set the captives free and not just be stuck behind a camera and a keyboard, which is great teaching about deliverance, but throwing myself back into the fight and actually doing deliverance again while teaching it. So good. Oh, I love that, man. I'm about to fall out of my chair here. I love that. Anyone else want to share something that maybe 2022, what they saw God do, something they learned? You know, for me, 2022, and you guys can probably attest to this, I feel like the kingdom is starting to replicate the right things. You know, like for a long time, we were replicating the green room, not the prayer room, like you say all the time, Isaiah. And it was like the kingdom was replicating the wrong things. It was the wrong metrics. How many likes, how many shares, how many followers. It was like the metrics were wrong. But 2022 was like an onslaught 
onslaught of just straight up street fighting brutal ministry. It it almost like like you said, Pastor Greg, you you that that vulnerable moment when you were like, I was ashamed that I preach line by line. I mean, you are a prolific communicator, very well known, but di- but felt like ill equipped to deal with something supernatural. And so 2022 for me was like the kingdom started to come into alignment where it was like, now this is looking like biblical Christianity, not American Christianity. Now now this is something where I always say, like, I don't want to be the guy that dies and gets to heaven. And I'm embarrassed to sit next to the apostle Paul because I knew I was soft and I was weak. Mm. You know, I want to be the guy that was like, I want to be getting high fives from the apostles walking into heaven. Like, dude, what you did down there was crazy when you did blah 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 you know and i feel like a lot of us really got into the realm of exploits you know because yes. you, you, yes. you can you can preach out of a gift i have friends who are atheists but they're eloquent atheists and they know the bible and they can out preach most pastors you can preach out of a gift but you can't do i mean there's something about deliverance where you need the holy spirit there's something about prophecy you need the holy spirit there's something about real evangelism like one of the memories i have is me and apostle pagani completely drenched in sweat head to toe just straight street fighting demons in Miami. And I'll, I'll, I mean, I didn't even know if I, my body could physically sustain that ministry that night. And, and But I'll look back at that night and I'll say, for everybody who's like, I want to be a minister. Okay, what that means now is different. Do you want this? And it's healthier. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I just, to me, the kingdom started coming into alignment in such a healthy way where it's like we're not replicating like flexing a new pair of expensive sneakers. It's like what we're replicating is the complete opposite of that. It's like my sneakers actually got destroyed ministering to all these people. Do you want to yes. be a part? Yes. So good. So good. Yeah. I'll say mm. for me 2022, I just I guess we're probably we're all like kind of like flowing in the same vein here was man, just the kingdom of God advancing it takes work. For some reason, there's this idea, there's such a laziness in the body of Christ that there's this idea that it's easy to serve God. It doesn't take work. It doesn't take effort. Just kind of add Jesus as a trinket or like a fry on the side of your meal. Like live your life and then add a little bit of Jesus. But I'm realizing, man, that it's an extreme amount of energy, effort, work to advance the kingdom of God to 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 the level that God wants us to. And that's something I want to challenge everyone in the chat. Some of y'all need to level up. I mean, let's just be honest. There's such a laziness in our life. Some of us right now are looking back at 2022 and saying, I didn't see God do anything. I didn't really see God move. I don't, I don't really, I didn't feel like I've advanced or leveled up, but I would question how much work you put in because you're only going to get out what you put in. And we've preached this laziness gospel where we tell people, oh, just believe in Jesus, have faith, works don't matter, which I can't, I'm, I'm still looking for a verse that say works don't matter. I can't find it. Hopefully one day I'll find it. But we're like, works don't matter. Just kind of be lazy for Jesus. You know, have your nine to five, work your job. But man, what I realized in 2022, because I felt like it was a year of work. I felt like it was a year of building. Like we've been building this foundation. We've been plowing. And now we're going to start seeing more fruits of our labor. But I don't ever want to make what we're all doing, and this is not to toot anybody's horn, but I don't want to make what we're doing look easy. I don't want to make it look like behind the scenes we're not investing hours in prayer, 
We're not investing hours in the word. Like, cause if we do that, people are gonna think, oh, it's like these guys don't struggle. They don't have to put in time. Let me just say this publicly. There are so many moments this last year where I didn't wanna get on my live stream. I didn't wanna travel and get on the plane. I didn't wanna take the pulpit and preach. I didn't wanna preach four services back to back, get to my church at 7 a.m., leave at 5 p.m. I didn't wanna do all the things, but the difference between someone who's successful and someone who's not successful is a successful person says, I'm gonna do it regardless. Like if I don't feel it, and I want you guys to know that, and maybe I'm I'm the only one here, I'm crazy, but we don't always feel it. We don't always feel like doing deliverance. We don't always feel like spending hours till two in the morning praying with people or on Zoom calls or on our days off dealing with these things or having to go live or having to teach. But I learned like, man, God was like, Isaiah, just keep showing up. And this is a prophetic word for somebody. Just keep showing up. Just be faithful. Mm. When my flesh is weak, I always tell myself this, guys, when my flesh is weak, my spirit is willing. Like there's a yes in me, even though I don't feel it, there's a yes in me. If you look at like Colossians 3, whatever you do, do it as, you, as if you're doing it for the Lord, not for men. Knowing, this is what he says, Paul says, you're gonna receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. So for me all year, it was like, man, I'm doing this for you, Lord. I'm doing this for you, Lord. Galatians 6, don't get weary in well-doing. In due season, you'll reap if you don't give up. So man, it was a year of work for me. It was a year of building. It was, I'm in awe of what God did in 2022. And I'm in awe of what God's gonna do this next year. And I'm, I'm like, man, I wanna turn up the heat. I wanna go harder. I feel like I didn't pray enough. I didn't read enough. I didn't fast enough. I didn't go hard enough. And so I'm really trying this next year, just 24 seven and guys call me crazy in the chat, but I'm like 24 seven. I want the holy addiction. I want every waking moment. I spent too much time in 2022 on social media. I spent too much time not in the word. I spent too much time not seeking God. I really want 2023 for me to just be a year of obsession where every waking moment I'm going hard after God. And uh, man, that was, that was what I learned this year. It was like, man, hard work pays off, but there's labor involved in the kingdom. We have to break out of this laziness going into this next year. I really believe it's going to be the greatest year the church has ever seen, but there's going to be great work involved. Uh, maybe Daniel or Greg, what, what was 2022 like for you guys? I know Pastor Greg, for you, it was historic because you got involved in this whole ministry and it's probably been you know, a dream. Like for me, it feels like it's a dream what God is doing, but maybe you guys share how your 2022 felt. You got yeah, it. Let me just, I'll just quickly say this. Uh, yeah, I appreciate all the answers. Mine's a little different because I'm almost 47, right? And this has been a year that I have grown and matured more in the in the Lord than 30 years of my salvation. And, wow. then, and not really just because I'm preaching on deliverance, but here's what people need to understand. This is a long way around the barn, but I was probably the most politically involved pastor in America, at least known for that, right? I mean, and I still do the reawaken tours. We got it coming to our church. And so, you know, we've had Charlie Kirk and, you know, Roger Stone and Mike Flynn and, you know, all those kind of people at our church. And I'm not against that, right? I, I'm not just looking to save America. I want to save Americans. <clears throat> but you have to understand that God used the controversy of politics for years traveling with the administration. I was on Trump buses for months, you know, and so I've I've been very hated for that. And, and that's cool. But I want to say, and again, you guys know my, my heart, having been with me behind the scenes in the studio and all that, I, I cry more than I preach. And so it's hard for me to tell these things without getting very emotional. But God used deliverance ministry to temper me and to humble me in a lot of ways. And like three weeks ago, my wife and I were supposed to be back at Mar-a-Lago, right? I didn't even show up. I didn't even call, right? I, I, I didn't even go. I, they'll invite me back again. You know, I've I've lost the flavor 
of politics for the Come nation on. and gain the flavor of the kingdom of God. Come on. Wow. And deliverance did that to me, right? I mean, wow. it, yeah, I, I love the American flag, right? And I stand strong and I have some very, you know, demonstrative political beliefs and I still use them on Twitter. That's kind of still my political <laughs> platform, right? But at the end of the day, deliverance has so changed me over the course of the last year. If I never preached at another political rally, if I never went to Mar-a-Lago, if I never went back to the White House, who cares if I'm on Nancy Pelosi's top 40 hit list for homegrown terrorists, which <laughs> I am, right? And every major news network on the planet, plus 100, have been to our tent, you know, to write stories on this renegade redneck pastor, you know. And at the end of the day, that's all good and well. I'll go down historically being hated by a lot of people because of my Christian nationalism. But at the end of the day, deliverance ministry has, and I'm careful how I say this because I, I love America, deliverance ministry has has changed my focus and my fight. And so wow. I'm much more careful on what I get involved in now because I want to be about the kingdom, not just being a jerk for Jesus because I can show up at Mar-a-Lago, right? Or I can stand up to thousands of people and rah, rah, bishkumba, let's save America. Because here's what I'm finding. America is more in trouble with witchcraft than it is with communism. I can promise you that right now. If we don't deal with the witchcraft, we're in a mess. America is going to fall because of witchcraft, not because of communism. And so God has used deliverance ministry to humble me. I still am very bold. I'm still very, you know, outspoken in what I say, but boldness without brokenness is belligerence. Come on. And God has used deliverance yeah. ministry to break me and humble me in a lot of ways, and I'm I'm grateful for it. Deliverance ministry <clears throat> has been uh, the most effective personal discipleship method that the Holy Spirit's ever used in my life. See, I only know Pastor Greg after deliverance, and so I was telling my wife today, I'm like, I heard all these things about him. I saw all of these videos. Every pastor and their grandma text me about you saying, oh, you need to be careful with pastor. I was like, man, I told my wife today, he's so humble. He's so kind. He's so giving. He's so loving. So I'm like, man, we all know you after what God has done. I think a lot of us got saved twice. We got saved once from the world, then got saved a second time from religion. But man, we've seen you in this, like you've had like a born again, a born again experience, like born again, again. And uh, this is what we've seen of you. And so for me when i talk to people i'm like yeah you you haven't met him you don't know him you haven't you haven't seen how he's been since what god has done and so i, I don't know maybe i'm missing something but i'm like you seem like a completely different person than the person yeah. people would say or what i saw and this all leads up to i believe what god is doing this next year with the movie that's coming out does anybody want to talk about which we'll go into and daniel did you have something i'm sorry for 2022 that you wanted to you wanted to share as well yeah, I gotta stop going last, man. I keep letting people. I'm gonna start. I thought I was Everyone's being taking humble. your stuff, man. No, 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 no. I thought I was being humble by allowing people to go first, but I'm gonna jump in now because go ahead, y'all, come on. y'all, I, I echo everything that has been seen, been said. But uh, you know, 20, 2022 was humbling for me, and uh, one of the things I do want to say is the Lord showed me that the revival that is on the earth is not a one person gig. Come on. Uh, he, yeah. sh- he, sh- he showed me it does not belong to one church. It does not belong to one individual. Okay. And I know that there's still people out there that are doing ministry that keep saying, this is the revival. I have the revival that you want and stuff like that. And I'm sorry to tell those people, even if you're watching, you are sadly mistaken. That is not what God is doing. And you better learn unity and how to unify in this season because the Lord showed me that. You know, He's humbled me and let me know that I'm not the only one carrying something special. And I have unified with 
many revival carriers, thanks to Isaiah Saldivar trusting one day and Vlad, and now here we are connected all together. And I, I get to, instead of saying going down in history as a one-man show, I get to go down in history with a group and uh, of men and women of God who are contending for revival on this earth and the greatest awakening we've ever seen. So I love the fact that God has shown me that we have a unified revival that is global. And yeah. there's people, there's people all over the place. As Apostle Pagani said, there's not, you're not alone. There's, there's 7,000 more out there that are hosting this, this revival fire that's bringing it to the scenes in all the nations. So I'm just very excited to be part of this unified uh, revival. You know, the Bible says, as, as the waters cover the sea, so shall the glory of God cover the earth. And that's what we're seeing right now is God's glory is covering the earth and he's using deliverance to wake that up. So good. So good. Anybody want to jump in for 2023? We're going to talk about the full length movie that we're all part of that's coming out that Pastor Greg is spearheading. We're going to show you guys the brand new trailer. But what is your guys' thoughts now? Maybe I'm wrong on this. Okay, so let me just say this. I don't want to like totally throw water on all of our fire. I'm always kind of like God doesn't sit in heaven going, I got to wait till 2023 to do this, right? I, I feel like when we talk about New Year's and years in chronological time, it's more for us to reset, to say, hey, this is our focus. I know God's been moving. God's wanted to move. God has not waited until 2023 to break out this deliverance revival. It's just been, we've been building, we've been preaching. What are you guys seeing for 2023? I mean, I'm seeing deliverance events, hopefully in Jesus' name, I'll write my first book. I know you. some of you guys have like nine books. Some of you, Pastor Greg writes books in the Starbucks drive-thru. Pagani's on his, has written several books and he has another book coming out this year. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to work on a new studio. Prayerfully, I'll be having a book coming out. Um, I'm also gonna be traveling with some of you guys. We're gonna be doing deliverance training, deliverance events, literally all over the country. What else sticks out to you guys? Maybe, have you heard anything for 2023 from the Holy Spirit? What are your guys' thoughts in this upcoming year? Or maybe plans you guys might have hey mike mike got oh, a prophetic uh, i i say i nominate mike because mike I pastor mike has a prophetic word that i believe is so relevant to come what on. god is going to do in 2023 and i think you should release that come on thanks for that well listen you know i i just want to say i i when isaiah said you know I, it doesn't necessarily have to be this invisible line i know everybody and their mother was releasing words and for 2023 for me, I'm one of those guys where it's like, if I don't have a word, I'll just tell you I don't have one, you know? And then I think because I've become that guy, God's like, okay, well, here's a word. <laughs> but, um, you know, here's the thing. Each one of us on this broadcast, and, and I know Vlad's not here, um, but, but here's the thing. We don't build audiences. We build armies. Mm. And that's the difference is wow. when you build an audience, it's basically one guy and they want a circle of people facing them when you're a general and you're building an army there's still a circle around you but they're not facing inward they're facing outward and they're 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 receiving commands to begin to go do what god called them to do and i will tell you this i did a global revival tour i tapped my savings in 2022 which i was going to use to buy a house and all these other things and said, God, I believe so much in this that even as a local lead pastor, I'm going to do 41 dates around the world. But the craziest thing happened. The first part of every event, I saw demons. I saw sickness. But then after people got healed, delivered, I would see their countenance change. And I would see this extreme hunger and desire. It was almost like the people were looking at me and my team with this like hunger to, I want to do it too now. You know what I mean? And I've never mm -hmm. seen it 
that palpable in my entire life where people are like, okay, now I want to do what this guy's doing. And even when we were at the event this last weekend and then the Supernatural Conference, the the look that I see in the eyes of people has changed over the years. It's Come a desire. On. They're not just watching Isaiah preach. They're saying, I want to preach like Isaiah. They're not just watching the demonstration of Daniel Adams. They're like, I want to do what Daniel's doing. And, and so, you know, what I see for 2023 is the Lord is about to release an army into the earth. Yes. And that's what's going to make this so different. I mean, but really it's a restoration of true discipleship because rabbinical discipleship was not just be hearers, but be doers also. It was do as I do. And so that's why this thing, you can't, you can cancel one person. You can cancel Come two on. people, you cancel three, but you can't cancel 200,000 people. And so that's what's happening in this next season. It, and I know this is not even the word I released, but the Lord's given me more and more about this is it's this army that can't be canceled because it's not dependent on any one person's platform anymore. Mm. And so I'm I'm super excited. I the fact that I even get to be a part of this, you know, Isaiah, you had mentioned you kept saying this phrase, a second Jesus movement, a second mm. Jesus movement. I don't even know if I talked to you about this, but over a decade ago when I was still a touring musician, I was saying there's gonna be a second Jesus movement. I believed in it so much. And I even literally learned Keith Green's songs and went on a Keith Green tour. Believe I had a huge moppy fro of curly hair and a big <laughs> beard. And I was like, I'm going to be the next Keith Green. But the reason Come why on. I say I would even call the figures before they died, because a lot of the figures of the first Jesus movement have passed away. And I called them before they died over a decade ago and said, hey, I'm this young guy. I feel like there's going to be a second Jesus movement. And what's so funny is when we were in that tent last weekend, uh, I, I was like, wow, God, it is happening. Wow. We are in a second Jesus movement, but it's nothing like what I thought it was going to look like a decade ago when the Lord first gave me that word. And so I guess what I'm saying for 2023 is expect the unexpected. It's not going to be about like man's strategy and man's plans. It's going to be about man's obedience. <laughs> it's going to be about saying yes to what the Lord says next. And there's going to be a sporadicness to that. I, I, I'm Again, I've already got my whole schedule made for 2023, but I feel like the Lord's also telling me, expect the unexpected. Leave some margin for what he does in the midst of it, because he's getting ready to wreck some of our plans and do something even greater than what we can imagine. So that's just a little bit of it. Um, there's so much so more. Good. I know on my channel, I have the prophetic word like in length if you guys want to go check it out. So good. Pastor Greg, Daniel, anything you guys thinking for 2023? We could also talk about the movie right now. There's a full length. This is the first time ever, by the way, we keep talking about historic first time. This is actually the first time ever a deliverance documentary will be playing in theaters, secular theaters. How is this happening? How is this happening? Pastor Greg, tell us, how in the world are they going to let us cast out demons in several thousand theaters? And we're going to be playing a documentary of demons being cast, cast out, training happening. Wow. We'll play the trailer for you guys. But Pastor Greg, tell us a little bit about this movie, because this is huge. I don't want to like sweep this under the rug. This is a big deal. And when's the movie coming out? Give us some details about it. I first, I never thought they would go for it when we tried to pitch it, if you will, to the people. Now we literally have two or three of the biggest movie distributors that are completely fussing. I mean, they are rolling out the red carpet. And so tomorrow we actually have our meeting at 11 o'clock our time here in Tennessee. 
with Fathom, and those are the ones that we believe that we're just going to go ahead and go with, go ahead and sign the deal and the contract. No money up front. I mean, they're willing to foot the whole bill just to get you know ticket sales. They want us to do six weeks of pre-sales, and I thought, there is no way that this secular outfit is going to go for this movie. We sent them the two trailers that we put out. we got a third one coming out this, I think, in like two more weeks. But we sent them the two trailers and then uh, a concept of the movie. And, of course, we've interspersed a couple of the guys, you know, Apostle Bagani and Pastor Mike this past week, I got a lot more of them in there. But when we sent them the concept, they're like, you know what? This is fascinating. And to be honest, here's the funny thing. It goes back to what I said a moment ago about how God's changed me. The only reason they wanted to see almost the full concept was to make sure that I was not going to be politically crazy because they knew wow. who I was. And so once they watched it, they're like, wow, this is nothing like we thought it was going to be. And so they're like, we are all in. And so they're going to start with at least, Lord willing, 2,000 theaters. It's a two-night release, but if we get six weeks of pre-sales that are good, it'll be a two-week release. And wow. I tell people, look, you better look out. Popcorn, Pepsi, and pizza are going to be flying all over those auditoriums. Come on. You have to realize that, that Fathom owns Carmike, Regal, and AMC. I mean, those are the three dominating factors in the cinema wow. world all over America. And it is literally going to those theaters. And every one of these guys, and of course Vlad and others, are a, a, a valuable part of this film. And it is going to be just from start to finish. I said, look, I want it to be one of those movies where when it starts, your blood starts pumping and it doesn't quit until the end. I mean, all no low spots. Just keep this thing going. I wanted people to see it. <laughs> Apostle Pagani let us see it the other night on the platform, real and raw, live and in living color. And I was like, that was the filler that we needed right there. Boom. Come on. You know, to fill in some of the blanks. Because people think we're crazy. They're not going to yep. think we're crazy when they bring Auntie So-and-So to the movie theater to watch this movie about this political man get up there and rant and rave, and all of a sudden they find out that we're ranting and raving about the kingdom, and you know Auntie May falls out on the floor and starts throwing up. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to find out real quick that there is power in the name of Jesus. So I don't know what to expect, but I'm going to talk with Fathom tomorrow. We're going to sign the contract, and we are literally taking this thing to millions of people in thousands of theaters all over America. And then they just said a couple of weeks ago, if it does well, we'll put it somewhere in every English-speaking nation on the planet. I'm telling you, that is monumental. What is 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 coming out? What's the day it's coming out? Well, uh, I'll know more tomorrow, uh, but March, it looks like March 12th to March 15th, somewhere in that sweet spot, early March. And uh, they wanted it to be on the heels of a couple of spiritual-type movies that are already coming out because they want it to be the trailer you know, the preview in the movie type of thing. So there'll be a lot of, you know, build up to it. And of course, all of our platforms. But I'll definitely let you guys know when the pre-sales are available because this month, by the end of the month, they should be giving me a listing of all of the movie theaters. And that's what people want. They want to know where is it going to be. And then also the good thing about Fathom is if there's not going to be one in your town, if you can sell out a theater, they'll bring it to your town. And so that's going to be... Excellent. So we're going to need all the churches, all the pastors. I've told our church as well. Everybody needs to take their church to this event. We're going to, yes. once once the ticket sales are out, we're going to blast it. So you guys, you're like, where do I buy a ticket? Don't stress. We'll make sure you guys get it. Let's play the trailer for them. Get ready for this, guys. Buckle up. We're going to play this trailer really fast. So everybody look at the screen. If you're out cooking pasta, put the pasta down and look at the screen as we play this trailer. In the New Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? Come on. God used controversy. Look, I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. 
controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. We are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king. It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these times shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a trailer. We could start doing deliverance prayer right now. Woo! Man, that is a trailer. Amazing. The movie is coming out in March. I'm telling you right now. Anyone else have thoughts on the movie? I'm like, I'm just so excited for this. You guys have no clue. I'm going to watch this a million times. I'm going to tell every single person about this. Yeah. And uh, what are your guys' thoughts on seeing the trailer and just this whole, whole movie? I'm going to say this. This is what I know is going to happen in the movie theaters. They're going to watch this and demons are going to start coming out of people Come in on. the movie theaters. I know it a hundred percent. We're going to see so pastor Greg, you'll see so many testimonies of how, and there's going to be people stationed in the movie theater, really ready to cast out demons. We're going to have, I would recommend definitely getting people that know how to cast out demons ready in the movie theaters uh, because people are going to manifest and get set free. So good. I love it. Amazing. Pagani, what are your thoughts, man? You just said a minute ago, deliverance is a juggernaut. It's unstoppable. You know, a part of me feels bad for the devil, feels bad for all the religious people that hate deliverance, but we're, we are we are pushing this thing like a freight train with the power of God. This is Jesus's ministry. The world has been waiting to see God do this in the earth. And so, man, I, I'm like, I can't even, I can't stop moving, man. I'm so excited about what God is doing. What I think is, you know, what this movie you know, um, is going to do, it's going to solidify that the era of deliverance has officially begun and there will be nothing religion, there'll be Come nothing on. politics, there'll be nothing the devil, the kingdom of darkness, witches and war, there'll be nothing that would be able to shut it down. And not only that, this is God's answer to cancel culture. 
Come on. This is God's answer to cancel culture. This movie is in the face of cancel culture and what I believe is going to happen, and I'm releasing this as a prophetic word, is that there is going to be a boldness mantle that's going to Mm. be released on the Luke dry, Christian, fearful, overly seeker-sensitive, hiding behind the scenes in a Midian cave, Gideon Christians that love the Lord. Acts chapter 4, where they prayed for boldness. And the Bible says, boldness gripped the believers in the church, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I'm telling you, people are not only going to get delivered, but the pastors are going to be infused, and the leadership are going to be infused with boldness. And the fear of cancel culture, its power is going to be broken. And you're going to find, like, they're not going to care anymore about getting canceled and getting, you know, their subs and people leaving their churches. It is literally going to grip them. And this force to be reckoned with, the boldness of heaven, the zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to grip the church. And they're going to come out of those theaters, casting out demons and... pushing this thing forward and you're going to find that there's going to be a great mantle of boldness that's going to grip the church and we're going to see unprecedented revival hitting all the churches and from from the movie theaters straight to the church buildings from the church building straight to the streets from the streets straight to be a global evangelization of the gospel of jesus christ Mm, I, I hope pastors get jealous by the fact that their movie theaters are going to be having deliverance and the churches aren't. I hope some wow. of you pastors watching this where there's yeah. no deliverance happening wow. in your church. You keep resisting the Holy Spirit. You keep being stubborn like the Pharisees. You're stiff neck. You keep saying no to deliverance. You keep saying it's not for Christians. It's not for today. I pray that you would be mad and jealous. And Paul says, I, I did this so that the Gentile, the Jews would be jealous of what's happening with the Gentiles. And when you see your local theater break out in deliverance shame on the church when the local theater is having deliverance and the churches are resisting deliverance there's nothing you can do to stop what god is doing this is what jesus started what jesus will finish i just want to echo apostle pagani what you just said i believe that we are in the time of viral deliverance and i will i want to say this personally what God did in Pastor Greg for deliverance relit the fire in me. I kind of was like, oh man, I don't want to, you know, just be the demon guy. And I taught about it in 2020 to 2021 and maybe I'll cool off and, you know, just kind of chill out a bit. Just kind of, you know what I mean? And then when Pastor Greg started blasting deliverance and I felt like there's another wave that's happening that's hitting right now. And it's just absolutely unstoppable. As you guys said, it's not about one man. It's not about one person. It's a global movement. With that being said, let's jump in. We won't go super long here because we talked about 2022. We talked about 2023. But let's jump into a couple of these questions that people have sent in. We'll even open it up for some live Q&A in the chat. But let me ask this one question here. Somebody sent this in. They said, I am a pastor. Oh, I love this. I love this. They said, I want to start doing deliverance. I want to start seeing deliverance in my church. How should I start? And this is what they said. What if people leave the church? Pastor Greg, let's start with you, okay? Because you're fresh in this thing. They want to start deliverance in the church. They're scared. What if the people, what if the big, I'm, I'm just adding this, but what if the big givers leave the church? What are, what are your thoughts on this? Maybe some advice for this pastor. You know, what we found is when 10 people left, 150 people would show up to see why they left, right? You have to get over the donor base. You have to be willing to say, okay, if this is what the Holy Spirit wants me to do, where God guides, he provides. And so God's not going to let him go without. And if he would just simply say, you know what? I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to preach on the ministry of Jesus. What he's going to find out is that there are so many people that are eager for that. They're hungry for that. Maybe like me, I was nervous. I was fearful. Are a bunch of people going to leave? You know, we're a big church, got this big ministry, yada, yada, shmada. 
big live stream. And God said, just do it, son. Just obey me. You've obeyed me. You've been bold in every other area. Why can't you be bold in this? And when I jumped out in that boldness, God said, all right, here comes the floodgates. And he opened them up. And people right now in that dear brother's church, brother, wherever you're at, pastor, I'm telling you right now, if you would get up and just shepherd the heart of your people and you would preach the ministry of Jesus and make that your ministry and make that your mantra, I promise you, you are not going to shrink. You may momentarily, you're going to grow because people are going to find out that you are doing something that most churches aren't doing and that is going to be the very reason that people are drawn to you. So here's the prayer that I want you to pray. And I tell preachers this all over America. I want you to pray that this Sunday, the Holy Spirit Come on. will have so much power in your auditorium that somebody is forced to manifest a demon and embarrass yeah. your whole church because they don't know what to do with it. And I pray every church in America that doesn't do deliverance is forced into a moment of being embarrassed that, hey, we better study. We better get off Facebook and get our face in the book and figure out that there's still power in the name of Jesus. And so I say to you, dear brother, do it. Move so forward. Good. And if our church or ministry can help you in any way, we'll do it. I was going to say, Pastor Greg, there's several comments yeah. coming in right now saying, I'm a pastor in Tennessee. I really want a covering to do this. Um, could they just go meet you at your church on a Sunday? Absolutely. Go shake your hand. Yeah. Okay. So there's yeah. like three or four pastors in the comments right now. That are from they Tennessee. can reach out to, uh, to to the office, talk to Cassandra. She's my assistant, and I, I'll set up lunch with you, dinner with you. I'll come to your church and and train your workers. We'll we'll bring our deliverance team. We'll help you any way we can. We're for this. <laughs> we are for this. Come on, I love it, Pastor Mike, Apostle Pagani. You guys are both senior pastors. I think people forget this. You guys are both senior pastors. Give give a little bit of advice here. This pastor's like, man, you know, because some of you, you guys both actually, I believe, well, maybe not you, Pastor Mike, but I know Apostle Bagani, you weren't always a, this deliverance guy. You were a pastor, if I'm not mistaken, and before even deliverance broke out at that level. What is maybe some thoughts you guys would have for pastors listening that want to jump into this ministry? Okay, the first, and, and, and every pastor that's watching me, you know, all of, you know, we're all in different situations and circumstances. So some things might not apply to every church, but at least for, for me was um, the thought came to me that I'm not as bound to my deacon board and my church trustees that I think that I might have Go been. Go ahead. <laughs> Come because on. I, I had at that time, I had more uh, democratic type of church uh, policies, I, you know, where we did things together. So whenever I tried to bring something new to the church, you know, I, I presented in the monthly meetings or the, the end of the, the end of the church year business meeting about what I wanted to project into 20, 20 for the following year, you know, and, um, and we kind of dialogued about it and discussed it. And I, and I really for many years, followed that voting process, you know, like, okay, whoever's for this, stand to your feet and amen, you know, and, <laughs> and it, you know, which is, it's just, just the stuff that you've been trained in Bible school. And I don't think that there's anything maybe inherently wrong with that, but, but I would tell you this, it becomes inherently wrong when every time you pastor try to uh, do something new, you find that the vast majority are voting against it. Yeah, even yeah. though you know God is telling you, this is what he wants you to do. So one thought came to me one year and it was this, I'm the pastor. Come on, like, that's it. Just, you better preach brother. right now. Like, I'm the pastor. And obviously Christ is the chief shepherd, but I'm going to do what God told me to do. And I don't care who don't like it, you know? Come so, on, bro. so without preparing, now I'm not saying this is for everybody, but this might be for some of you. You know what I'm saying? Without preparing my people, 
I just I went and announced it. And I said, <laughs> we going, God is telling me we're going to do some deliverance. I'll, I don't know what that means. And, you know, God will meet us in our place of ignorance. All I know is that he's with me. We're going to do the Because I knew that if I tried to follow the protocols and the policies of the church, it would get it would get red taped so much by my church trustees that by the time I it would go from mass deliverance to spiritual warfare teaching to spiritual war. It, it, yes. it, it, it'll get watered down so much yep. that. So this is for some of you. You're the pastor. You're you're the leader of the church. Christ is your leader. I think you, as long as your spouse your spouse is behind you. My, I told my wife and my wife was like, we go, you obey God, you know, Amen. get your family on board, it, it, you know, and I'd say, make the announcement, even if you don't know what you're doing or how yeah. you're going to do this. <laughs> you're the pastor. Lead these people out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, Come on. into the land of milk and honey. And trust me, God will back you up. God will back you up. I'll yes. end saying this. What is that in your hand, pastor? Like Moses, Ooh. what mm. is that in your hand? That's God's staff. God will back you up. And trust me, he will get you an Aaron to come alongside you and help you a little bit with the logistics of it. But ultimately, you're the pastor. Your wife is the pastor with you. Together, you're leading as lead shepherds. Just do it. Go for it. God oh. will back you up. And you're going to see how... Miracle signs and wonders are going to follow immediately after that. So good. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta add this real quick because I'm going to go even like one step previous. Is pastor, if you're watching right now, start with you receiving deliverance. Yes. Because here's the thing: it's Click like that, how could please. you lead your people through something you've never experienced? So leaders go first. And so one of my most viewed videos on YouTube is on self-deliverance. That's my first deliverance experience was actually experimenting with a with John Eckhart's teachings and literally met demons manifesting. I was freaked out, vomiting in my tub. You know, like what is even going on? So I would say if you're a pastor, start with you. Uh, why would you ever give something to your congregation that you haven't, you know what I'm saying? Like get high on your own supply. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Come on. And then so, so you start with you. The other thing I want to say is um, this whole model of church growth and the obsession with growing your church is idolatry. Come on. John chapter 6, Jesus drew big crowds off of supernatural ministry, but he had the wisdom to know when to thin them out. And so mm. in John chapter 6, Jesus says, you know what? Let's go a little bit deeper. Eat my flesh and drink my blood, knowing that he was going to intentionally turn people away. If you really, we talk a lot about the ministry of Jesus. Well, let me add a little element of that. When are you going to become man enough like Jesus to thin your congregation out? Come on. Because I tell my church all the time, listen, I want Gideon's army. Yes. Like you give me oh, 300 say real that. ones in New York City, we could take this city. Listen, churches are not measured, they're weighed. And there's a lot of churches that have very little weight in the spiritual realm. They're large numerically, but they're worthless in terms of impact. And so I, I still hit fastest growing church in America for four years in a row, that category, because deliverance is not the problem. The problem is 
being powerless. <laughs> and mm, so I just yeah. want to encourage you, God, the Holy Spirit is confirming everything I'm saying to you anyways as a pastor. But the last thing I want to end on it is you will have to choose in 2023 between the fear of man and the fear of God. Mm. It's that simple. Come do on. you fear your denomination or do you fear God? Do you fear your seminary or do you fear God? Do you fear your biggest givers? Are you doing ministry for the income or are you doing it for the outcome? And ah. we will know, we will know which one you choose by the end of 2023 by the fruit of your ministry. Now, let me talk to the church folk here, okay? You guys, we talked to the pastors. Get on board. I was thinking about when Moses was bringing them over the Jordan, he was getting bringing them to Gilead, which was right before the promised land and the bible says i believe it was reuben gad gad and half the tribe of manasseh didn't want to cross over and they said right. we don't want to go with you you know the land here is nice it's fine it, it's perfect suitable for cattle and moses says this one phrase that i want to say to every church person listening right now there's 6100 people are you going to sit there while your brothers fight are you just going to sit there while your brothers go fight the battle? And there's so many of you in the church. You just want to sit around while everyone else does the work. So cross over with us. We are crossing over into the promise. We're going into Gilead. We're going to go fight the giants. Fighting is fun. Maybe you're bored because you're not fighting. Maybe you're bored because you're not doing anything. People say, I'm bored. And I'm like, how could you be a bored Christian? I'll, I'll send you a list of people that need deliverance. There's nothing boring. What's boring is sitting every week on Sunday morning, listening to a pastor talk about something that God isn't doing and not do it with him. Now, if your pastor decides we're crossing over, we're going into deliverance, then don't sit back while your brothers fight. Don't sit back and spectate. Yeah. Don't be idle. And then Moses says this. He says, will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel? Like your idleness and complacency and lukewarmness is discouraging everyone else. Like lukewarmness is contagious. So I want to challenge not just the pastors, but the church folk here, that if you're sitting back, join, jump in. If they're doing deliverance class, then go to deliverance class. If they're having prayer meetings, then get in the prayer meetings. We need everyone in the body of Christ to be utilized, mobilized, trained, equipped. If you don't use a shield, I mean, if you don't have a shovel, pick up a sword. If you don't have a sword, pick up a shovel. Just do something. Yeah. Don't do nothing in 2023. I think it's time the entire church gets mobilized and does the work. So good. All right. I love it, guys. Okay. How about this one? These are very practical. We won't go super long in these questions. If you guys are wondering, like, are you guys tired? Some of the guys here are three hours ahead. So they're like already 10, what is it? 1030, almost 11 o'clock. So everybody relax. We're going to make it here. For those of you in the chat that are like, some of you look tired. We all, all of us are tired. Okay. All of us have been driving out devils. We've been in nonstop services. It's a, again, a labor of love tonight to be able to do this. Okay. Stubborn demons. Daniel, I'm going to ask you this. And then if you guys want to jump in here, this is the question we get all the time. How do we deal with stubborn demons? If a demon just doesn't leave, it doesn't want to come out. Now, I want to just preface by saying this. I'm a huge uh, advocate of not, like, I don't like telling people the demon left if the demon didn't really leave. Like, I want to make sure that we get the demon out. So we're not just saying, hey, like when we do deliverance, we don't just say, oh, the demons are gone. You're fine. Let's move on. Like, we want to make sure we get the demons out. So like, what are some of the things that you guys do? We'll start with Daniel. When you're just praying, we've all been there. We're just praying and the demon just won't leave. What, what are your thoughts on that, Daniel? It, you know, it's funny you ask me this because I've ran into quite a few stubborn ones just like you guys have. What I've learned is when you come against a stubborn demon, it's always a different. God always requires something different at hand. He Good. wants to, it's like, it's almost like it's a test of faith. Like there was a, 
there's been scenarios where the Lord wants to see, am I going to give up mm. or am I going to press through? Am I going to fight for this person? Am I going to long suffer? Then there's been times where my frustration will get the best of me. And it's like, you know, I don't want to compare it to Moses striking the rock and the water right. still coming out, you know, but there's been times I would be like going, going, and I just say, shut up. And then the demon would just come out of the person after I said that. You know, right. shut up, shut up isn't a nice word, but I'm being raw and real with you, you know, and then right. there's a, there's a, re y'all want real, I'm going to give it to you. So there's also a, a recent video I put out where there was a stubborn Leviathan spirit that says I'm Leviathan and it was resisting, resisting. It happened to me in the UK and I eventually looked up to the Lord and I was like, Lord, I need an angel or something to help me out. And then that angel came and smacked that girl between the eyes and that demon flew out of the girl. And she testified, Come on. Yeah. And she testified of her freedom. But I've, for me personally, this can't, I'm not saying this is everybody, but in, in doing thousands of these things and coming against, uh, and I boast in Christ, not in me, but just to preface that, I don't know how people are on the internet. You know, when I come, when I come across, you know, demons that are very stubborn, you know, I will, I will go as long as I can and as long as the Holy Spirit, and I really listen, this is what I've learned too, a word of knowledge or a prophetic or a prophetic unction from the Holy Spirit can speed things up very fast. I notice sometimes when stubborn demons come up, we get very zealous and we want to just really go in hard and work. You feel yourself working in the flesh, you know, and when you get there, you got to recognize that now it's you working and not the spirit. It's almost like the mm. spirit of the Lord just stands back and crosses his arms. He's like, you don't let me work or what, you know? So then I'll just chill and I'll say, all right, Holy Spirit, while the demons manifest, I'll say, what do you want to do? Because I, I don't have the answer personally to this. And I'll even, you know, sometimes I'll bring the person back and be like, I don't have the answer. We need to really con consult the Holy Spirit on this because they don't know either. I mean, y'all will know that. Sometimes they just don't know. Yeah, and if I, I have a, here's a beautiful thing too. I'm a team player. So even if I'm around you guys, or if I have forerunners that are around me, I'll say, hey, do you guys have anything that you guys can help me with? Good. Because, because right now, I don't have the answer. So the yeah. scenarios are always different. And I think sometimes God will also give you a humility check at times. Will you check with the people to your left and to your right? Or are you going to keep looking like the superhero and letting this demon whip you right now? You know what I'm saying? Good, right. So that's me. That's what I've dealt with. And that's what I've seen. And I notice God will honor you with more grace when you're willing to take that lower position at times. That's I think good. this is the reason why um, Jesus sent them out two by two. Because there are yeah. moments that the deliverance minister or whoever's working and helping someone get set free, you know, your resources kind of run out. Your patience runs out. You're yes. still human, even though you're supernaturally charged by the presence of God, you know, um, and you're you kind of get stuck. You know, in our church, uh, we when we do one on one deliverance sessions, we have an intercessor assigned with the person and like they have to, you know, we, they have to. Like we train them to 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 kind of look at each other at moments to make sure, because sometimes the Bible says in First uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen. Now it's in reference to the prophetic, but I think the principle implies it says when one is prophesying and the Spirit of the Lord reveals something else to another brother that's on the side, the first one is to remain quiet and allow the second brother to come in and continue what God started. I think the principle it's it's beautiful is is that this is not a one man show. You know what I'm saying? It really mm. is. It really isn't a one man show. So sometimes when you have a partner with you who's holding you up in prayer, you know, a, a, you know, a glance at your brother or sister and they can be like, you know, let, let me jump in right here. Or they can whisper in your ear. Hey, call this out. You yes. know, um, but um, what I have learned 
we deal with we deal with stubborn demons uh, all the time, especially in the Bronx and in in, in New York City. And I think Pastor Mike can attest to this. I think New York <laughs> New Yorkers, the, the home city know, of just, the stubborn demons. I know, right? Um, I've learned to I've learned to slow down, and everything that Daniel said is primary. Like everything he said, and then but there's another part also that I've learned to do is 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 that I kind of slow down a little bit. And then I'll go back to sitting down with the person and maybe talking with the person to see if there's something that needs to be dealt with in the area of a generational curse. Amen. When you're dealing with the generational curse, that kind of has to be dealt with, with renouncing and repentance. And maybe, you know, I'll I'll start talking with the person. I'll sit down and and I'll just say, so-and-so, you know, the spirit of God is telling me to ask you some question. What's going on with this? You know, and I'll begin to kind of pry into some... uh, a bit of a questionnaire, you know, inspired by the spirit. And you can just, things will just begin to come up. Things will begin to come up while they're talking. And then the Holy Spirit say, this is the reason why this is in the bloodline. This is a curse that's there that needs to be dealt with. This person needs to repent for, you know, this that's been going on in their family. This is what's holding back the blessing from fully coming up. And then you lead the person through a prayer of renouncing and um, that is targeted not blanket and not generic like we cancel all curses no 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 that, that makes great preaching you know what i'm saying and great that, that, that's just good for cameras you know no when you're dealing with a generational curse it's a it's a court case whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and you find that you have to target this and you lead the person through a prayer it doesn't have to be drawn out and dragged out but you lead the person through some renouncing and you begin to see some of the most phenomenal breakthroughs that happen when the person starts renouncing and then there's this there's this release in the spirit that the deliverance minister will feel like jump back into the deliverance session Good. and not finish it off see mm. what i'm saying so i would say slow down and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal that what could potentially be a generational curse that needs to be dealt with. And then once that gets resolved, jump back into the session and you'll find that there'll be great uh, strides and breakthrough uh, because the curse that was detaining it has been resolved in the courtroom of heaven. So good. I think that I don't want to rush this question because I think it's so important and, and what we all struggle with. Like, what do we do when the demon's stubborn? And I just wanted to add another thing to, on top of what you guys have said is ask the demon why it's not leaving. I know a lot yeah. of people say, well, what if the demon lies? There's not one verse in the Bible where a demon lies. Oftentimes the demons want to leave because to, to an extent, and again, these are all mysteries that we can't, or we don't fully understand, but to an extent, we all know that a demon isn't a type of pain when it's being cast out so demons will always say oh you're hurting me stop so we know that they're in pain they don't want to be there if you look at mark 5 there jesus dealt with a stubborn demon jesus the son of god fully man fully god what the bible says in greek was commanding the demon to leave and actually the amplified says jesus was commanding the spirit out of the man so he was literally saying come out of him come out of him commanding not just commanded commanding the demon didn't leave the demon was stubborn And so Jesus said, what is your name? And the demon said, you know, legion for we are many. So I think if you look at the example of Jesus, it's okay to ask a demon its name. It's not conversation. It's interrogation. Okay. It's not conversation. It's confrontation. So for me, if I'm dealing with a stubborn demon, I love what you said, Pagani, interview the person. And then all, even if the demon's manifesting, I'll say, why won't you leave? Like, why are you still here? And then it might say, she has unforgiveness towards her father. She has unforgiveness towards her mother, or she is hanging on to this or flat out. I've had demons. You all have heard demons say this. She doesn't want me to leave. 
He doesn't want me to leave. And I'll I'll call the person back. I'll, hey, I want to talk to uh, Jessica. And I'll say, hey, do you, do you not want this demon to go? And then she'll start crying and say, I've just been this way for so long. I feel like I'll be empty. I've had people say this to me over and over again. So some people subconsciously are so used to having that unclean spirit. It's weaved into their personality that they don't even know how they'd be without anxiety. Like they don't. And you might say, well, that sounds crazy, but you're still in an abusive relationship. And you don't leave and we say, why are you still in it? And you're like, I don't know. And you keep going back to that abusive relationship. That's how people are with demons. They build unhealthy relationships inadvertently, unknowingly with unclean spirits. And oftentimes people don't even realize that they want the spirit there. So you really need to break those legal rights. Ask the spirit why it's not leaving. Sometimes I love what Daniel said. You got to keep applying pressure. You got to keep applying pressure. pressure. The demon's just trying to wait you out. And let me just give you guys a tip. Never, when you're in deliverance, tell the demons what time you have to go. Because I've had yeah. demon after demon say, oh, I already know you're leaving in five minutes, so I'm just going to wait five more minutes till you leave. Do not right. let the demon know that you're in a rush. Keep forcing that demon out. Keep commanding it. Find why it's there. Interview the person. I can't stand. Somebody help me with this. I can't stand yeah. doing deliverance on someone, and they just sit there like this. Right. Like you got to participate. Are you hearing something? Are you feeling something? Are you experiencing something? Participate with the deliverance minister and let them know what you're hearing. Let them know what you're feeling. Don't withhold information because this is a very, this is a legal battle often in deliverance and in legal battles. If you're an attorney, information is power. You need to get as much information you can before you prosecute the uh, prosecute the person. So that's what we do in deliverance. So yeah, oftentimes I'll just stop and say, hey, you know, is there is there reason why you're not leaving? Or I'll just change my strategy. I'll pull a Bob right. Larson on them. I'll pull a Derek Prince on them. <laughs> I'll go Don Dickerman style. One time y'all yeah. heard the story I've told before where I couldn't get the demon out. We were like five hours in and I'm like, I'm going to try to Bob Larson. And I told the demon, repeat after me. And so I made the demon and, and he came out. So I'm, I'm not married to a strategy. I'll do whatever works. Uh, Pastor Mike, what do you feel about this whole stubborn demon? Because, I mean, it seems you, like they're all stubborn, yeah. but some you're, are more you're stubborn. You're in good company, Isaiah. man, you got the cross. Come on. You got the Bob Larson. Are you skipping <laughs> Shout out to Bob Larson, the general in deliverance, man. We love yeah, you, sir. Yeah. Yes, Pastor Mike, what are your thoughts so on stubborn demons? So, so many good things have been said, so it's hard to add to that, but I have two things. Number one, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to say this to so many thousands of people right now. I had a conversation with one of my key staff members today about this. We are finding that an unusual amount of people are seeking us out for deliverance, but not for salvation. So what I truly believe that there are some stubborn demons because people are trying to use deliverance ministry like you would use a psychic medium. Like they're treating us like the occult, the new age, you know, and so we've been taking a step back and saying, wait a second, do you know the gospel? Let's start there. And so I think there's an issue we're having right now where people are focusing. I got to get rid of these demons, but it's like, it almost becomes the way I explained it today is like the 10 lepers where all 10 get healed, but only one comes back to Jesus and deliverance ministry is turning into this equation where one out of 10 people, Mm. 10 people get delivered, but only one gets discipled. We, no, no, no. Like what we need in the kingdom right now is 10 out of 10 
delivered and discipled. And so I've been telling my teams, let's take a step back, make sure they know the gospel um, and that they're actually they actually want to walk this narrow path because I'm 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 seeing too many people come to us for deliverance but not uh, for Jesus. Then the second thing I'll add is uh, I you know I've been doing deliverance since the late '90s and you see a lot, you do a lot, you try a lot, and I, I really cannot. Um, emphasize enough what Daniel Adams said. I think a real rebuke to me this last summer was, I mean, because that was probably like the highest volume of deliverances that I've done, like in a small concentrated amount of time. And I, I tend to be, you know, you rely on what you know, you rely on your experience. And I was getting a lot of resistance and the stubborn demons and um, for me, and I, I don't have a biblical reference for this, and you guys know I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. I started taking a step back and pausing and literally doing nothing but just saying like, okay, God, this is you. This is on you now. Like I've mm. done and said everything I know to do. And this crazy phenomenon kept happening to me specifically where it would be like when I stopped and just stood there then all of a sudden the Lord would do the rest. And I would just watch people get completely delivered. And I think it was almost like God's way of saying, you know what, Mike, you're faithful and you're obedient, but remember, this is on me. Like Good. it's my finger that's delivering them. And again, it's not a formula. So I'm not telling you guys like, okay, now go and just pause. But for me, after all these years of doing deliverance, I feel like this summer, there was this weird phenomenon of almost like me having to stop and pause because I'm super driven. I'm clear. I mean, I, you know, I tell my team, you don't have to scream at the demons, but I totally scream at them every single <laughs> Come time. On. And, me too. and I tell them, I'm like, because I like to scream at them. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, I just like love yelling better. at the devil. It feels good. I, but I think for me, this summer was all about, like, I almost saw more deliverance when I took a pause after I did everything I know to do. And it was like, wow, the Lord just did that now. So, so good. just want to add that in there. I was thinking about what you just said. I was doing a deliverance on this guy and I could not stubborn demon. We were like an hour in. I'm like, this should not be taking this long. And then the Holy Spirit, I stopped for a word of knowledge, you know, like you said, Daniel, and the Holy Spirit told me, the Holy Spirit told me he doesn't believe Jesus is God. He doesn't believe Jesus is the son of God. So I stopped the deliverance. I looked him in the eye and I said, do you believe that Jesus is God, fully God, fully man? And also, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? And he was like, I just don't know. And I was like, dude, that's why the demon wouldn't leave. The demon's hanging on to that unbelief, that doubt. So these things are very like... I don't do deliverance on unbelievers. I'm like, you better make sure you know Jesus is God, lead you to repentance because these demons don't have to leave if you give them a legal right. So I think it's essential, as you just said, that we, you know, we're, we're dealing with the gospel with them and not just whatever. Okay, let me ask you guys another one here. This is a good one. Someone told me that someone wrote, someone wrote this question in. They said, someone told me if I start doing deliverance, the devil would start attacking me. What do you think about that? Guys, we know one of the hindrances to deliverance is people say, the devil's going to attack me if I start casting out demons. What do you, what do you guys think when people say that? Go ahead, Pastor Come on, Greg. don't be polite. Don't be polite. <laughs> Someone jump in here. The devil's going to attack you. Pastor uh, Greg to jump in here. Yeah. Whether you're doing deliverance or not, the devil's going to attack you, right? But of course, he is going to come against you. My grandfather used to say that Satan hates oncoming traffic, right? So mm. certainly when you jump into his face and you start casting out demons and you start exposing the kingdom of darkness, which is what we're called to do from the standpoint of the gospel, then yeah, you're going to be getting attacked, but you cannot let that stop you because you're commanded to do it. 
Because the reason deliverance is the finger of God is because you're taking two kingdoms. You're taking the kingdom of Jesus and a kingdom of invisibility, and you're bringing it into the Come light. On. And two kingdoms, that's what the whole movie's about. Two kingdoms are colliding before your very eyes, and we get to be a part of the kingdom that always 100% triumphs over darkness. And so people say, well, when you talk about the devil, you empower him. That's stupid. When you ignore the devil, you empower him. Preach. Okay? The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will, will, will flee from you. That's affirmative gospel talk right there. And so we have shied away from wanting to talk about demons because, oh, if we expose demons, then they're going to just start jumping out on everybody. And everybody has this misconception. You get in a service, you start casting out demons. Oh, they're going to just start jumping into everyone. And, of course, all of us have had to answer that question a thousand times. People need to stop being afraid of demons, start fearing God and preaching the gospel, and demons are going to flee. So away with this nonsense that our whole church is going to be destroyed if we get involved in the deliverance ministry. No, here's what's going to be destroyed. If you get involved in deliverance ministry with no humility and no repentance and no holiness, it will destroy your life. Mm. But deliverance has caused me to walk in more holiness, to Come walk on. in more sanctification, to walk in more power and glory from the Holy Spirit. Because I don't want them demons calling me out, right? Come and on. we've got a whole generation of people that say, I've got authority in the name of Jesus, and they're addicted to pornography. Yeah, I dare you to go get involved in deliverance ministry and have that nonsense going on behind the scenes. Come because, on. yeah, at that point... The demons are going to destroy your life. But if you're walking in holiness and you're living right, I'm telling you, you're a force to be reckoned with, and the devil knows that. And one of the greatest lies that the devil has taught preachers to tell their people is, don't talk about the devil. No, the Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That means you openly, out loud, say what needs to be said about the devil and his kingdom. So good. I love it. I would say, too, a lot of people are like, I never got attacked by the devil until st- I started watching your videos or doing what you do, the training and stuff. I'm like, well, you're just manifesting. You've never, the reason why you never got attacked is because you never manifested. And now, you know, you start doing deliverance. Your demons, when you're trying to do deliverance on others, are manifesting. And so it feels like you're being attacked. You're not being attacked. You're being exposed. Okay. What yes. the, the critters that have been hiding on board for years that you didn't know were there that were manifesting through your life are now being exposed and making you feel sick and making you angry and they're manifesting. So get them cast out of you. Don't get mad at us that your demons are manifesting. Just get deliverance. Okay. Somebody yeah. said, I want to see my friends and family delivered. How do I even start? Um, let me jump at this one. Let me jump at this one. Okay. I know everyone says I talk so much, but it's okay. It's, it's part of who I am. I'm Italian. So get over it. All right. Let me jump at this one. Here's what you're going to do. Are you ready? Everyone in the chat. How do I get my friends and family? Where do I start? You're going to on Thursday night at seven o'clock PM or six o'clock when everyone's off work, you're going to tell all your friends and family, Hey guys, I'm having a meeting at my house where I'm going to be praying and doing whatever. We're just going to hang out and we're going to get coffee and we're going to get donuts, whatever. You're going to all meet in your living room. I'm going to give it, I'm giving y'all instruction here. You're going to all meet in the living room. Okay. You're going to turn the lights down a little bit. So everyone's just not just staring at each other in the bright lights. You're going to turn worship music on your surround sound, on your television, whatever. You're going to turn on worship music and you're all going to start praying. You're all going to start worshiping. And then you're going to go around that room and you're going to start (laughs) praying for your friends and family. And you're going to say, Satan, This person is not your home. You cannot live inside of them. I bind you in Jesus' mighty name. I command you right now to come out of my cousin. You have no power. You have no authority. I bind the spirit of suicide. I bind the spirit of depression. I bind, And they're going to start manifesting, and they're going to start manifesting, and you're going to start casting the demon out, and all of your other family are going to gather around, and they're all going to start laying hands, and you're going to see revival break out in your living room. I'm telling you right now, if you want to start seeing deliverance in your friends and family, invite them 
over to pray. You say, well, they won't come to church. Well, bring them to your house. Become the church. Bring them to your house and start praying with them. This is how my revival started in my living room. This is how it started. We just started inviting people over and started praying deliverance. Now, you might say, well, what if my pastor gets mad? If your pastor gets mad that you're praying for your friends and family, you need to find a new church, okay? We want you guys to go do deliverance. We want you guys to go out and make disciples. So, yeah, that's the best way to start is just start a prayer meeting. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Like people that just want to start seeing their friends and family delivered? Maybe any advice you can give them? Anybody? You guys frozen? You guys still there? <laughs> jump in, Daniel. Go ahead. You got it. You got it, Daniel. Do it. I want to jump me in here. From praying <laughs> for friends and family. I mean, the best. I think you said a lot of it, Isaiah. Isaiah, to be honest, there's not much more to add on. I mean, I, I did the same thing, you know, when it comes to praying for friends and family. You just got to give the opportunity. I used my house for years. I had a, I had a lower level of, of my house. And I just invited people to come over and they would come downstairs. I'd have packed out rooms and stuff. And then also I would, I would, I would ask people, did they want to have, now this is something different I did. I would ask people, did they want to have revivals in their houses and did they want to invite their family members? Come on. So before I was on, before I was on platforms and everything, I had people that would reach out to me when I was doing it on the internet in the early days. And they would say, Hey, can you come over to my house? And they, I would literally, if you go really far back in my videos, I would literally have revival meetings amongst families in their houses and in their living rooms. So when you were even talking about that earlier, don't even be scared to ask your friend to have a family revival and you come over and come host on. it in their in their homes. So because you could be a catalyst, remember familiarity, you know, it breeds contempt. People don't want to, you know, family members don't want to do a lot amongst each other. But what if they invite you in? And you carry the key to revival for the family, and now it's opened up. And all, all you are is an opener, and then you leave, and the revival continues throughout your family. So I'd say that's another thing that you could do to you know, have this stuff keep sparking. So good. All right, we're going to do one more. I know it's already 11 o'clock for you guys. We're going to do one more, and then we're going to pray here, if you guys don't mind. Uh, this is a bonus question everybody has to answer. And th okay. this gets asked all the time, but we never, we never do it. And we're going we're gonna to get vulnerable here. What is your biggest struggle or your biggest weakness. Like, listen, people listen to us. They think all of us are like Iron Man. We never have any battles. We never have any struggles. Let's get a little bit vulnerable here and give our biggest struggle, our biggest weakness. I'll, I'll start, I'll start, okay? My biggest, I guess, weakness is discouragement. I get discouraged. I'm like, you know, there's so much in my mind. There's so much work to be done when it comes to deliverance. There's so many people that are for it. So many people that are against it. I, I honestly think it's demonic. I'm like, how could I be discouraged when we're seeing so much? And the word discouragement literally means to lose your courage, to be robbed of your boldness, your courage. And so the devil tries to discourage me. The devil tries to use other people to discourage me. The devil tries to give me thoughts that discourage me. I don't know what it is, but I've had this constant again, being vulnerable here and changing kind of the pace, but this constant battle, even this year of just like, why am I discouraged? And I always know it's a demonic attack whenever I can't explain it. Like, why am I discouraged? I literally have a beautiful family, a beautiful ministry, everything you could ever ask for or imagine, yet the devil tries to rob me of my courage. He tries to silence me. Oh, you don't need to say that. Oh, you don't need to preach that. You don't need to be. But for me, I turn that weakness into boldness. I'm like, okay, where I'm discouraged, I'm going to go even harder with boldness. I'm going to shout louder. I'm going to praise harder. So I think when people hear me preach or I'm bold and stuff, 
That's really me being like, hey, I battle with this. Hey, I want to go harder. Hey, I want to pray. Like, I battle with lukewarmness. I'm not just preaching at you guys. I'm telling you, as a minister, I struggle at times to not be lukewarm, to not be, to, to not get up in the morning and pray, to not get up in the morning and read. So for me, this is a battle that I've been working to overcome. Lord, give me the boldness. Lord, give me the courage and break this discouragement off of me. And maybe you guys don't realize in the chat, we also get attacked. We also are a target for the enemy. And so I'm not trying to be, you know, oh, woe is me. You guys don't need to send me a letter being like, hey, brother, I, I just I just really feel like, man, you know, we don't ever air our battles. I think a lot of us don't ever air our weaknesses. And so I think it's good to be vulnerable at times and be like, hey, this is what I go through. This is what I battle. This is what I'm overcoming. And for me, I'm working on, especially this year, overcoming discouragement. Again, it's not about you guys not saying, oh, you're amazing, Isaiah. I don't need any of the, you know, compliments. That's not what it is. It's not like if right, more right. people say I'm awesome, I'll overcome this. For me, it's like, I don't want to say a thorn in the flesh, but it's something the enemy has constantly tried to do since day one of discourage me from doing what God's called me to do. But in Jesus name, I'm overcoming discouragement. So yeah, Amen. anybody else got something maybe they're battling or a weakness or a struggle they've gone through that uh, they're overcoming or working through? Well, I guess one one struggle that I can be uh, very vulnerable and honest is, is that I know when people see me functioning and flowing in deliverance, they say, man, you know, um, you're just so confident and so authoritative. I am terrified before I get on the mic every time. And I don't mean, I don't mean the normal, you know, heebie-jeebies. No, I am my worst critic. I cripple Mm. myself before I get up there, my wife has to be consistently saying, Alex, snap Mm -hmm. out of that. What is wrong with you? You Uh know? So I go through this fear. I get so fearful that you're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to look like an idiot. You don't know how to preach. You know, uh, they're going to be looking at you. Oh, you're supposed to be this general of deliverance and you, you don't know what you're doing and you're faking it till you're making it. Like, like, Oh my God, this stuff grips me. And I and, and and I'm telling you, sometimes I can't shake it. I can't mm. shake it. I go up there and I do it anyway. I go, okay, God, it's on you. You know, you do through it. You do it through me. But I'm telling you. And then, the second, the its evil twin is every time I'm finished, I go back to my seat and I feel horrible. Like, I feel like I am the dirt under somebody's shoe. This is ambition. This is not the Holy Spirit you were putting on a show. Like, that thing cripples me. And and people come up to me and they be like, oh, my God, this is so great. This is so great. And I in my head, I go, really? Like, Mm. really? Like, and I get to the hotel room or I'm with my wife. And my wife is like, what's wrong with you? And I'm just like... I'm a flea. I'm a flea on a wall. Nobody like, I don't know what it is. And as much throughout the years, I tried to shake myself from that stuff. That stuff is just there. But I learned something a long time ago is that I do it afraid. I don't care what's going on in here. I go up there and I'm like, okay, God, it's on you. Like you do it through me, Lord. This is the reason why Mike will tell you. As a matter of fact, when we was in Miami, Mike, what was the first thing that I did after I got off the stage, after that great move of God? I went to my wife's shoulder and what did I do? I cried. I cried because I felt so worthless. I felt so worthless and I felt like this, this is not pleasing God. You put on a show like... And my wife is like, she has to pray for me to kind of snap me out of that because I get very fearful before I go up and I get overly critical when I come down and I don't know I just it never leaves me it's always been like that but I I just learned to just move in faith 
And just sometimes when people see me functioning, they go, wow, you just look so confident. They have no idea the battle that I go through. And I think that God allows that because I've asked for deliverance. Like, God, what is this? You get me delivered. I think it's my thorn in the flesh. I think it's yeah. what keeps me keeps humble. humble. I, I, I don't know what it is. But guys, I'm not as confident as I look, even though I be clapping that stuff and I'm bold. And yes, I love the Lord. And I'll say what I have to say. No filter. But I am terrified before I grab the mic and then I'm overly critical when I'm off the mic and it's like I, I can never take any compliments good like a compliments to me don't matter and like Isaiah said don't give me the pity party I'm good guys I'm good I'm we're gonna good. all get birthday cakes in the mail I know right everybody's like you're great for God no man, man I go through the same thing and when I'm with all you guys about to preach I'm like I'm the worst preacher how did I get here I, I felt the same way, man, but it keeps me humble. It keeps me on my face before God yeah. just crying out saying, you better show up, Lord, please, because I can't preach. I can't do any of this, man. That's so yeah. vulnerable. And you guys aren't seeing it, but tons of people in the comments are saying, man, I'm crying right now. This has helped me. Even there's some pastors in here that we all know saying this is helping me so much. So seeing the side of all of us is very, very crucial. Um, people think yeah, we're all just floating warfare. around. Nobody sees the mental warfare. You don't post a, a a clip on Instagram about what went down before and after the sermon, mm. right? You just pick the best the best section of the sermon. You know, even Apostle, when you came off stage this weekend, knowing a little bit about kind of what you processed through, I I was looking around like, Mama Pagani's not here. Like maybe I'll hold him, you know, <laughs> um, because and you did, and, so you, and you did you encouraged me. I did. Yeah. Because here's the thing. My daughter, you know, I've got a 16 year old daughter. She turned to me and she's like, Dad, I've seen a lot. But what Apostle Pagani just did on stage, that's the master class that wow. that was, you know, and, and my daughter's very hard to impress because, you know, I'm doing deliverance every day of the week in our home and blah, blah, blah. But so I, I, I felt like, you know, I, I needed to be there for you. But my thing, and I, I at least, you know, now that we're on this and, and we're doing this for sympathy and, and likes and, and uh, <laughs> comments, uh, now I'm just playing. But, but my biggest thing, I spent years and years and years really wanting um, a group of ministry friends. I wow. wanted to be embraced. I wanted to be celebrated. And the truth is, I was rejected a lot, very mm. misunderstood. In the kingdom, if you do a good job, you actually do a bad job because there's a lot of jealousy. Wow. Uh, I'm a first generation pastor. So, you know, I was always the guy that like, if you did better than the pastor's son, that was not good for you. But then if you failed, if you didn't do a good job, it's also not a good job. So you just feel like you're never winning. So I spent a lot of time feeling like uh, the, you know, the stepchild of the, of the ministry. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. And then my, so this is my new thing is isolation mm. because I've, and I said for years and years, I'm the people's pastor. I, I don't hang with pastors. Matter of fact, I don't even like most pastors. I can't even stand being around most pastors. And <laughs> so on. It was really funny because I felt like I was getting into a dangerous place because the church was being super successful and it could reinforce. You're right. I don't need anybody. I'm big on the Internet. I'm big in real life with the, my churches are growing. And and I think I was in a dangerous place right before this whole Demon Slayer thing started because I was retreating into isolation. Mm. And uh, that's my my my, you know, matter of fact, and my nickname back in the day was Johnny Cash because it was like funny. You know, like I was like the man in black, you know, I would show up and then I would leave and I didn't have.
have relationship with their ministers and pastors. So I'm thankful for you guys. Um, and I'm thankful for, you know, it's almost like, and last thing, because I, I this is free therapy for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I almost, I've been knifed so much in my back by other ministry leaders. I've been rejected. Even and like I said, even though I feel like you guys know me, I'm a big encourager. I support other people. I platform other people. But I always felt like I was just getting knifed all the time. And what happens in ministry is you have this feeling of like, when's the bottom going to drop out? Like, wow. you know, they're cool to me now. now, but when are they going to knife me? You know? Mm. So this is like, even for the, I would say the last two years of even through the Demon Slayers, like it's been a healing journey for me because I'm not isolating and I don't feel that feeling of when somebody gonna knife me so um good. you know and that, i think p that unity um deliver i was telling this to my mom today because she was like i love greg Locke. you know what's it like hanging out with greg Locke? you know my mom <laughs> was saying that today and i said you know mom anytime somebody wants to learn and do deliverance you become friends in the foxhole because mm. this is the dirty word and, uh, and it, so I think there's a camaraderie that we all have because it's like, yeah, we could we could do mega church and seeker sensitive church better than the dudes doing it. If we wanted to, we know the word, but yeah. like we're trying to be obedient to Christ. And there's just like a, a unity in this season that's healing me. So I just and also don't send me an email. And encourage me. online, God. <laughs> so good. No knives here, dude. The only knife I have is a butter knife. I'm gonna make you some waffles after yeah. this, but I got you, man. <laughs> I feel the same way. I've, I've literally, and I, I don't want sympathy for this as well. We're all just here like soapboxing. I've never had a group of friends in the church ever because same thing. I would hang out with pastors and I'm like, they wanted to talk about the world. I wanted to talk about the kingdom, man. You guys have been such a friend group and a support. And I don't, I don't think any of us would have survived what God is doing right now without this friend group. And so, uh, Pastor Greg or Daniel, you guys want to go ahead and expose yourselves at all here while we're all, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I could write a book on that. Uh, I do want to <laughs> echo a little bit of the sentiment of Pastor Mike because I went through a similar journey where I could preach and just hang out with my wife and leave the rest of the world alone, right? Mm. Just sit around and drink coffee and do nothing, right? And be very isolationist. And so this has really brought me out uh, one of the things I struggled with, interestingly enough, and no doubt pastors and others, leaders watching this will, before I went through deliverance, Henry Schaefer did my deliverance, who really introduced me a lot to deliverance ministry. Uh, he had to cast a spirit of heaviness out of me. I struggled with mm. depression for many years. I would preach the house down, go home, and couldn't get out of bed for two or three days. You know, and so I definitely wow. had Isaiah 61 wow. 3, a spirit of heaviness. Haven't had that, you know, since deliverance. But I will say this because this group right here on this podcast, as well as other people that the Lord's opening up to. You you can help me maybe answer this because I would say to be super vulnerable, this is probably one of the biggest struggles I have as I'm moving in this arena of ministry because the gifts are so new to me over the course of the last few years. And, and my wife and some of our staff really flow well in that. One of the things I struggle with is embarrassment Publicly, when I know the wow. Lord has given me a word for somebody, I'm afraid that I'm going to be wrong. Mm. And because I'm not used to flowing in a word of knowledge and in the prophetic, I'll hold back. And what will happen is by the end of that service, I will find out inadvertently that if I would have said it, I would have been 100% correct because I was hearing from the Holy Spirit. And I always get up and I cry and I tell my church and I'm like, look, like the third time the Holy Spirit told me to call out three of you tonight, and this was what the deal was, but I didn't do it, and I'm sorry. I was wow. wrong for that. I'll do it next time. And so I struggle with, is this Greg's energy, 
or is this really the Holy Spirit telling me to say this? And and mm. I one of the things I love about Daniel is he has the most childlike faith of any man that I've ever met. I can wow. promise you sometime this year, he's going to walk on water because if Come he on. thinks God told him to do something, this cat will do it. Yes, right? yes, yes. So when, I, when I watch his stuff, come up off him, you know, like Michael was saying, you know, when I watch his stuff, it encourages me and I watch you guys flow in that. And so I get more words of knowledge when I'm working in deliverance, but sometimes when I'm preaching, God says, I want you to stop, walk right over that person. And I want you to say this to them. And I'm fearful of that because I'm so new to it. Mm. I'm afraid that I'm either going to be wrong or I'm just abusing it and making it up. And so I'm really praying this year that the Holy Spirit takes more Greg Locke out of Greg Locke so that I'm willing to say, you know what? I know this is of the Lord and I'm going to prophesy over you right now, no matter what my ex-Baptist friends think about it. Right. And I'm going to say it. If I got to be embarrassed, I'm embarrassed, but I know God's right. And so my biggest struggle right now is learning to flow in a gift that I know I have. Does that make wow. sense? Wow, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Daniel, and, you're up. And, and What's your confession? I, We're all here. I'm the last one again. See, everybody's, everybody gets to hear it, right? No, um, you know, it's funny that I, I relate to everything that all of you said in so many different ways. It's insane. Like, I feel like I could sit here and just, just blow, blow it all out because – you know, I'll tell all anybody, I've made almost every mistake I think you could possibly make in ministry. I really do. I'm, I'm not even joking. I think I've made them all because, you know, I come, I come not to share a whole testimony, but I come from brokenness. Like I come from mm. literal brokenness, no love, no affection, physical giving. But like I come from parents that didn't have affection. They didn't wow. know how to give that hug. They didn't know how to show much love. So my whole life was built on, I'm going to prove something to you, you know? Wow. Uh, my battle, like you say, Pastor Gray, you say, Daniel, I believe you're that guy. But here's the, here's the humbling part of that is within myself for so long, I didn't believe that about myself. And I would show my outward ac out acts to prove something, you know? So I used to battle internally with, um, I'm going to show everybody who I really am. So my, with great power and, you know, great miraculous stepping out in faith and all this, the other, the other side of the coin is the battle of pride and ego and wanting to, uh, stay humble. And I prayed for so long for God to send me a group of friends that could keep me accountable and keep me grounded and keep me level that I could, I could actually respect and receive from because I had people around me for so long, even spiritual fathers and mentors that did not understand deliverance, did not understand the prophetic, understood nothing about giftings. And I was crushed for so long in church and under people. It's funny because Apostle Pagani came in a season where I wish I could have grabbed him at a time because I was under somebody, man, it was crazy. I mean, I respect and honor every father, and they were used in that season to crush me. You know, Pagani would have probably crushed me then too. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I w I've always had that had that battle. I'm now, now I'm in a whole different place. And if you guys see me when I go on stage, I have a deal with God, and I tell people, I go on stage, you'll see me hit my knees or you'll see me say these words. You guys don't get it twisted. God gets all the glory and honor for everything that happens in these meetings. And I do that because I made a promise to God. I said, beyond all my failures, all my mishaps, uh, all my, my, my internal pride, Lord, if you give me another shot after this, this horrible moral failure that I went through, in my eyes it was, it was terrible. I mean, everything was destroyed around me. You give me another shot, I'll make sure that you get all the glory. I said that prayer, and not too long after that, I went through deliverance, 
Uh, I felt the presence of God come back on me in an incredible way. And Isaiah Saldivar reached out to me and became a friend to me and introduced me to Vlad. And people started taking shots with a man who had just come out of a failed place. And I said, mm. Lord, you are, answer you are answering prayers. And I know that each one of these men that are on this podcast and Vlad, Vlad holds me accountable. A lot of people are holding me accountable when they see something. And I am, if I could say it, man, I am so honored and I'm so humble that humble that you guys care enough about me to be able to say, hey, we love you, Daniel, and we're standing with you. I've needed that my whole life. My whole life I've needed that because I've been fighting alone for a long time. But to this day now, now that I've passed that and I've got off this soapbox and I got all this in front of me, right? Um, and also a battle back in my day was the inability to, to be transparent in times of, of dealing with lustful battles and stuff like that, wow. you know, not not being willing to tell people when I'm going through something where now, now I know that I have that freedom. I know, mm. I know that I can reach out to any of you guys. You wouldn't condemn me and throw me under the bus. I say, Hey Come man, on. I, I had some go on and, and you know, but I, by the grace of God, that hasn't happened, that, that, you on. know? So, but I know that I have that is it's what good. I'm saying. I know, I know yeah. it's here. I know it's here, but hopefully I'll never go through that by God's grace. Amen. So but, good. uh, what I do battle now and I'm saying this because I know there's people in the chat that need to hear this side of me and they need to hear because when you see this, oh, great miracles and stuff. No, guys, I've struggled and I've str I still struggle. And this is where my biggest struggle is now. Anxiety, mm. anxiety, not being able to be still always having the need to be doing something. And I've seen so many years of my family be missed because I felt the need of making that video, the need of, of doing a preaching engagement and, mm -hmm. and not putting my family first and stuff like that. And that come, that stems from anxiety and the need to prove something. So where I, where I consistently have to be checked is in the, in the area of anxiety. My wife will even say, Hey, Daniel, you know, your temper's a little bit too much right now. Or, Hey, Daniel, you know, you're this, you're getting a little bit of this anxiety thing. And you know, I've been through so much deliverance. My wife has delivered me, praise God for her, you know, and I'll go, I'll go through more, I'm sure, you know, but by, by the grace of God, I will, because I want to be at perfect peace in everything that I do in my life. I want yeah. perfect peace. He's the Prince of peace. And I know that I, that anxiety is not my portion, but like apostle Bagani said, if it's a thorn in the flesh, to keep me in a humble place and keep me relying on God, then so then so be it. But you know, biting fingernails so and chewing good. on stuff gets old after a while. You know what I'm saying? So so good. That's that's that would be where I'm overcoming right now is in the area of being anxious. So if I can, if if by the grace of God we beat this, I'm on a good road. Amen. I'm so glad we just did that because everyone in the chat Group this whole time now. is like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to <laughs> huddle up now. Let's go, man. I love it. No, because, man, when I look up these great men of God, and we all are great men of God. There's no false humility here. I look up to these great men of God. I always like, I wish you'd tell me your struggles. Please tell me your weaknesses so that I know I'm not the only one. And so thousands of people in the chat are like, wow, I deal with a lot of these things. And I wish a man of God would have said that. So I felt like, man, you're a normal person. You don't just float around all day. So I'm glad we had that se segment. I, I think it brought a lot of healing. I think it brought a lot of wholeness. And then maybe some people in the chat are like, oh, these guys are just arrogant and full of themselves. Could all be like, realize we're just normal guys. We go through the same struggles you guys go through. The only difference is we've said yes to God and we keep saying yes, even despite maybe whatever we go through. Through. So yes, we're real people. And so that was amazing. Apostle Pagani, why don't you pray us out and then we'll give a little outro of whatever we got going. You guys can subscribe and then I'll stay on a little bit after I get you guys off. I know it's super late for you guys. I appreciate you guys being here and honor you guys for that. 
um, making time out of your busy schedule. These are all heavy hitters, chat. These are not like just, you know, some random guys. These are heavy hitters here. And so to get everyone together at the same time, I, I honor you guys. I value that. Apostle Bagani, pray us out, and then we'll, we'll do a little where you can find us at. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so grateful for such a great broadcast, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the ending of one year and the beginning of something new, Lord. We are in great anticipation of what you're going to do in 2023. If what we have just witnessed the last couple of weeks, Lord, is an indicator of where this, where you're headed, Lord, and where you're thrusting, Lord. Father, we want to be right at the cutting edge, at the cusp of what you're doing, Lord. And, and Father, here we are, Lord. Send us, Lord. We, we make ourselves available, Lord, to be able to walk alongside you and follow your voice, and Lord, and co-labor with you. Father, I thank you for all of our transparency, Lord. Father, that was a different turn for the broadcast, Lord. We're asking that that level of transparency would be transmitted to all people persons that are watching this li now live or on a replay, Lord, that they themselves would seek out other godly covenant relationships with others and that they would confess their faults to one another, that they may pray for one another, that they may, they may be healed, Father. Father, I thank you for my covenant brothers, Lord, of those that you've put alongside me to walk with me, Lord. We are in great anticipation, Lord, of what you're going to do, Father. Father, we release, Lord, that the anointing of deliverance, Lord, would be released on this broadcast, Lord, that uh, whether they're a pastor, a leader, or a believer, Lord, in, some, in the local church, Lord, that they would be delivered, set free, Lord, from every generational curse that's afflicting them, Lord, yeah. that every demon will be cast out, Lord, Father, and that they start this new year right, Lord, Free, Lord, from all demonic attachments and contaminations. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. amen. So good. I want to say to some of the pastors out here that are maybe lonely and you, you look at us and envy our friendship, you will find your tribe in Jesus' name. Your tribe is out there. You will find them. It took some of us 10, 11, 12 years, I can speak for myself, to find our tribe. But you will find your tribe. Stay strong. Stay in there. Uh, guys, 2023, first podcast of the year. I can't even, it's going to be a great year. I, I'm excited next year. We're going to sit here. Pastor Greg, this is your first Demon Slayer podcast. Is that right? It is. Yep, yes, absolutely. yes, yes. Uh, it's going to be I'm a great it. year. We love having you on here on the podcast. Guys, where can we find you? Uh, all of our pages are linked in the description. Is there anything else before we get off that you guys want to uh, outro or, or yes. announce or anything? Definitely. Guys, I'm at 82,000. <laughs> Help me crack that 100K, man. Follow me on YouTube, guys. But also, in a few moments, available only for this broadcast, we're giving you the link to pre-order our already number one best-selling second book, The Secrets to Generational Curses. I'm going to put it in the chat room and I want you guys to be the first. This was given to me directly by Charisma House Publishing just for this broadcast. As I put it in the link, along with our link to be able to subscribe to our YouTube page, go out and purchase it. Be the first to get it. This I haven't released this on my page. I haven't sent any emails to our email listing. I'm only doing this here first for the for those of you that are watching the Demon Slayers podcast. So in a little bit, I need the link I, so I can post on all the pages. Because if I post it, it'll go to every page. So let me yeah, find so the link. I'm gonna, I, I'm going to send it to you later, Isaiah, but then I'm also going to put it in the link in the chat room. Guys, all of you, go and get it. It's already in the process of being edited, and it's already become a bestseller. So thank you, guys. This is the part two to the Secrets of Deliverance 
uh, series. This is now the Secrets to Generational Curses. I love you and thank you mm -hmm. for all of your subscriptions to our YouTube page and for purchasing and pre-ordering this book. Everyone's saying we need the link. Stuff. So once you post the link, I want I'll copy I'll it, it right and, now. Yep, and I'll post it into the main because I have control over everyone's page and it'll, it'll go to everybody's page. So guys, we're gonna Got get it. you the link. Just give us a second here. Uh, we're gonna I'll get you the link. Now. Yeah, Pastor Mike, where can they find you? What's going on? Yeah. Hey, real quick. There was a real cool moment when I was talking about people wanting deliverance, but not wanting salvation where in on my channel, people in the comments were like, I want to be saved. And so uh, shout out to my mods who were literally leading people to Christ during this Come broadcast. On, shout out to everybody who accepted Christ today. What a great way to start the new year. That was crazy. Um, I would say go to my website, try to, here's the thing. I have a free eight part training that you can do. I've got Bible reading plans. Many of you are like, what should I read through the new year? I've got literally Bible reading plans through the YouVersion Bible app that you can do it. And it's all MikeSignorelli.com. So here's my challenge. See if you can spell my last name, MikeSignorelli.com and go to my website and check out some resources and get equipped. There's so much good stuff there. Love you guys. Love it. Love it. Uh, Pastor Greg Daniel, you guys talk while I uh, look up this book right here. I'm trying to get it here on the, to get it in the ch in the chat. Where can well, they I find can you? Well, I can tell you where I'm not. <laughs> Free. And, uh, well, you are tonight. <laughs> I am tonight. But uh, they can just find me, Pastor Greg Locke, on uh, my Facebook. Of course, we have several pages, very large pages. And uh, if they want a little bit more of my older self, I suppose, I still do a little bit more of the political type stuff on Twitter just because it, it's, that's what it lends itself to. But for the most part, if they go to Global Vision BC, like BibleChurch.com, they can see all of our streaming and all of that. If they want to see the trailer and all of that, just go to LockMedia.org. They can find us. So LockMedia.org, and uh, that'll be the the where all of the descriptions of the theaters will be coming up. Now, once the movie's out of theaters, is it going to be sold? I mean, no one watches DVD, let's be honest. Uh, is it right. going to be online for purchase on YouTube? Is there somewhere after, like, you know, of course, after it's out of theaters and all that? How is that going to work? It's about a 30-day uh, window of time that you can't do. 30 to 60 days, you can't do anything with it. And then gotcha. I think you can get it to a subscription service. So, you know, Pure Flix, Prime Video, Netflix, something like that. And interestingly enough, there is another documentary. We're not doing it, but we're a major part of it. And we actually end the documentary. And it's it's already been sold to Netflix. I think it comes out in April or May. Henry Schaefer and some others are in it. To finish it up, they're actually trying to get me to do an interview with Anton LaVey's daughter. And uh, so that ought to be very, wow. very interesting. And, uh, you can do your deliverance. Yes, it's called Exorcism in America. Did the devil make me do it? And so not only is our movie coming out, but now Netflix has a whole deal coming out. And they're going to let me share the gospel at the end of it for the last uh, 10 minutes of it. So it's going to be interesting. So who knows what's going to happen with both of them. But this is That's the year for awesome. deliverance. Get ready. Deliverance on the big screen. Let's go. Sorry to all the religious people. You're just going to have to get over it. Daniel, where can we find you? What's going on? I got all, by the way, I got the link posted to Pagani's book. I'm spamming it in the chat on all of our pages. So there you go. Yeah, you can find me easily on the supernaturallife.org. You can find all the links to all my social media. I think I'm every I think I'm even on all the conservative sites too, Pastor Greg, with you. So I'm on <laughs> I'm on everything. So if you want to find that follow me on any social media you can. Like like Pastor Greg said, Twitter, I'll use it to be a little bit more vocal on some stuff. Seems like the safest, one of the safer platforms to do that reaches a lot of different people. Um, also, I wanted to shout out my book that actually came out at the conference. Hey, yes, yes, yes. Called, called Supernatural Living. 
Uh, it's one that I dedicated, obviously, to the forerunners, but I, I put it out there. It's just, it's really, it's really basic, easy to understand, and really gives you a lot of uh, insight on how to live a real supernatural life. So that's on Amazon. I believe we had I'm to do a re it right now. Yeah, we did a re-edit. It's for pre-order. It's about to be for true real order uh, anytime soon. So you can go on Amazon. You can go on any any platform actually. Uh, I believe that does sell books. And uh, I'm posting it in the chat as we speak. I posted the link as Amen. we speak. You can find Supernatural Living. So I'm honored to be uh, able to release my first book and, and come along Apostle Pagani as he's releasing his later this year. And I'll tell you guys, get his. I'm going to go ahead and shout Apostle Pagani out. Years ago, I got his, um, what was it, Secrets to Deliverance? Yes. I, I got that book. I'm going to tell you guys, go pick that book up for real. It, it really helped me, especially learning about the three level, the, how the, the temple was mean, the 90 rooms and all that. It was 90, right? The 90 rooms. Yeah. 90 yeah rooms. I, I, he sh there's so much revelation in that book. And I just wanted to shout you out and honor you for that because it did Thank help so me. As, it helped me as I read it. I, I know you guys got books. I got to get all of our books and just go ahead and dive into everybody's book. So guys, always... You know, reading my, our material, and I just want to say this one thing too. I read the old generals' books, Derek Prince. Yeah, you know, I've heard about Win Worley and and all these other guys, Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. I mean, Apostle John Eckhart, uh, Kimberly Daniels. I mean, Kimberly Daniels has great uh, Demon Dictionaries, Volume One and Two. I mean, there and there's just some really good stuff out there. And I'll tell you this: you guys talk about getting the grace of God stirred on the inside of you and the gift moving when you read people's books. Yeah. There is there is a grace that is on their books even after long gone. It's the Elisha principle of the bones, right? After right. the long gone, that that grace is still on there, and you receive impartation as you That's read true. the words that they wrote. And that Derek Prince was huge. I I remember Pastor Greg. I had sat in houses with Pastor Derek Prince's book, and I would mm. go down the list, and people would start manifesting. So what you see, I saw in the houses when I first began. So I give credit and honor where honors due. And uh, I just wanted to plug that in there, man. Never so take books good. lightly. The Bible I'm, is the ultimate book, but don't take books lightly. <laughs> um, hopefully I'll be writing one this year in Jesus' name. But I need to make a public um, confession, apology, renunciation, whatever you want to call it. I need to publicly <laughs> say I'm sorry for saying DVDs don't matter, okay? There's some there's some older oh, folks, man. some seasoned folk in the chat <laughs> that are not happy about my comment that are getting ready to cancel me, so do not cancel oh, me. No. The, uh, DVDs I, I, I apparently are still a thing. I don't have a DVD player, but if you do, we love your DVDs as well. I know my grandma loves DVDs. I'm not even joking, she literally loves DVDs. She always tries to give me DVDs. I'm like, grandma, I don't have a DVD player, but hey, I'm gonna make sure I get my grandma the Come Out In Jesus Name on DVD. Is that the official hey. name, Pastor Greg? Come Out In Jesus yep. Name? Come out in Jesus' name. Okay, so guys, the movie title, Come Out in Jesus' Name. What an amazing night, everybody. You can subscribe to all the channels. I'm going to stay on for a little bit and ask you guys to give. I know a bunch of you have already left and stuff, but hey, don't dine and dash. If you want to give, you can. Thank you guys for being on, and I'll text you guys right after the broadcast. Awesome. You Bless you guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Love me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so into what God is doing, the links to give. Don't dine and dash. The links to give her on screen. What a great way to start the year. We have been live for two and a half hours. That's crazy. If you're listening on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Charisma Podcast, you can give on IsaiahSaldivar.com slash partner. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.